everybody and welcome to the newest indoor adventure in Masks, A New Generation, Green Sun, Part 1. Today is February 25th, 2021, and you are loved. And that is a very important thing that we like to remind each and every single one of our viewers and listeners at the beginning of each and every single one of these games. If this is your first time joining us, you can go to youtube.com slash indoor adventures to check up on all of the VODs of each of the games that we have played on this channel, including full playthroughs of Tyrant Security, Curse of Strahd, Ghosts of Saltmarsh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist, as well as a bunch of other ongoing games as well. And if you are more of an audiocast-inclined individual, guess what? We're available anywhere audiocasts are made available for free, so consider going to check us out there. And speaking of things that are being made available for free, if you go to patreon.com slash indooradventures, you can find our after show called Nights in the Courtyard, where we answer questions not only from each other, but also from the community. So if you have any questions for myself or any of these other fine folk that you would like to ask during the show, you can either post them in the Twitch chat to the side, or you can join us in the discord the link has also been added to the twitch chat or in the description of this video audio cast medium down below uh but if you already support us on patreon you already support us on twitch and youtube and all of those other fine places and you're trying to think to yourself where can i go to help support this wonderful show even more well hey guess what buddy i got your back quite literally in fact because if you go to indoor adventure no s at the end dot redbubble.com we got t-shirts we got posters we got mugs we got crop tops throw pillows shower curtains clocks aprons and most importantly we also have tia masks that's right we have face masks in the five glorious colors of tia mat done by our very own cyberwolf 12 one where all of the proceeds of those masks go to help support doctors without borders so if you would like to help support a good show or or help support a good cause or help support this show you can go to indooradventure.redbubble.com but that is it for my spiel so we're going to go around the table and introduce our characters starting off with kylan kylan who are you playing today oh my gosh i'm first this time Firsties. i was last to go to <laughs> Hi everyone, uh, I'm Kylan, uh, I use she, her pronouns, and tonight I will be introducing Aurora, who is the star. All right, and GB, who are you playing? And since I got you on the, since I got you on the line, there have been some gifted subs in chat. Would you like to explain what happens when you're on the show oh, and people oh, get oh. subs? All right. <laughs> well, before I introduce any of that, I'm Greybeard, Greybeard's Tavern. I use he, him. And when I'm on the show and someone gifts some subs or has some subs, I take this mall and I hit that guy in the face. Yes! Bonk time. Bonk time bonk. Excellent. And Satan, who are you playing today? I don't think GB said who he was playing. <laughs> Damn it! I was so distracted by the good bongs. <laughs> good to put a bong. Uh, I will be playing Cody Johnson, who has uh, not settled on a hero name, as we'll find out during the adventures. He's the bull and uh, big bruiser kind of hero with with just as big a heart. There it is. Uh, I guess that's me now. Hi, everyone. I'm Satan, and today I'll be playing Aftershock, uh, the Reformed. We both use she, they pronouns, and I'm very excited to bring her to this game. Excellent. And Reeves, who are you playing? 
Hey, what's up? It's your boy Reeves, uh, using he, him pronouns. And I'm coming at you playing the the Janus. I got myself a, a very good nerdy boy named Caleb Asher, who goes by Crow. Excellent. And if that's everybody, I'm the Indoor Adventurer, and tonight I shall be your showrunner? I don't know what the right title is for masks. I've never run this system before. I'm going to be using that excuse a lot in the next upcoming sessions, but we're going to try and, and run a, a clean, good game of fun here. For fuck's sake, we're going to try at least. So, that's, uh, that's kind of what you got going into it. So, let's kick off with the start of this session. So... For all of you at home, one of the things that you are going to need to know about our green sun setting is that this is not taking place in the standard canon of Masks A New Generation, a lovely tabletop setting by Magpie Games. Uh, I did that thing where I have been in love with superhero stories for as long as I can remember. One of the first things I remember learning how to read was an old Iron Man comic. Uh, so I've I've always been a huge fan of cape stories. Uh, as such, I have been wanting to write cape stories for quite some time. And then I figured, why bother writing it when I can just have people play in the basic settings that I continue to actually put out there. So... That is what we're going to be doing today. It's going to be in a homebrew setting. So everything that you knew about Halcyon City, goodbye, because we're going to be having it take place in the city of Everett Heights instead. Uh, that is a fan-created city that us on the show have made during our Session Zero. So I'm pretty excited about that. But to start things off, as you guys, uh, as the camera pans in, what we see is a series of flying cars. This is the world of the future. Uh, as you even see that there is uh, what says the city of New Everett, year 20XX, because obviously it has to be double X's for your year to show just how cool and futuristic it is. And the location that you see is the Hall of Heroes. And as our camera pans down into it, you see that there are school buses outside. People are here currently on a field trip. And there is a well-dressed man uh, that is currently leading uh, some children through these archives. And as the audio kind of ticks in from that opening salvo that we get as our title card drops, uh, you hear him say, and here we have the first true heroes from the Green Sun event that occurred during the early 21st century. Unlike today, where having a variety of powers is commonplace, the heroes of the past were few and far between, with 85% of what we would now call metahumans only awakening after the verdant embrace. It was during this time that we had such heroes as Drift Rider, Orb Weaver, and fan favorite, The Good Boy. But it wasn't until our first group of superhumans that we started seeing drastic social changes towards accepting these metas. Now, heroes that you can have to thank are, of course, Crow, Aurora, Aftershock. And then they get to a statue emblazoned in gold that looks like an old Roman officer, but the nameplate has been broken off of it. And there is instead a for repairs uh, stand that has been placed in front. And the person delivering this sort of pauses and just, uh, maybe that will be taken care of during your next tour. Uh, and one of the young children uh, asks, uh, 
excuse me, sir, uh, but why are these heroes important? And the uh, person who has been leading these children through the museum says, now that is a very interesting question indeed. Now it all started back in where we used to have our city, Old Everett, or as it was known, Everett Heights. And the camera pans upward, and as it does, there is a splash sequence where as it transitions up, you see the last flying car exit the scene, and then instead you just hear the droning of what you expect is a plane, but as it comes back down, you see a rather overweight man pushing a lawnmower, and it kind of gets stuck, and he pushes it again. And it is very early on in this day. Uh, and as luck would have it, it is getting close to the end of your spring semester. You're almost going into summer of your final year of high school. Oh, man, what a great time this has been. Uh, all of our heroes at this time have not come together. They are not the superhero squad that the Hall of Heroes will have on display for everyone in the year 20XX. No, these are relatively average high schoolers. Some of them already have begun to embrace heroic abilities. Others are waiting simply for these heroic abilities to be thrust upon them. Looking at you, Cody. Uh, so, as the day begins, we are actually in our homeroom class. Uh, and in homeroom, your teacher, your history teacher, uh, Mr. Henry Caldwell, uh, is standing at attention. He's arrived. He looks very tired. Uh, he says that he has been up all night grading your papers, uh, making sure to read them with the most litigious of views. And, of course, none of you know or care what that means, except maybe Caleb, who actually spent quite a bit of time on his paper. Uh, but getting your papers back, uh, what grades do you think you all got? Uh, I, I will let you all be in charge of your own grades in Henry Caldwell's history class. So uh, as Mr. Caldwell comes around, uh, Aurora, he hands your paper back. What grade does he give you on yours? Um, I'm gonna say Aurora is a solid B student, uh, coasting, doing just enough to get by, but also not, like, because C student's a little too lax, but B is just enough where it's like, okay, you put in some effort. Now, another reason why Aurora might also be a standard B student is because her nightlife is not just meant for studying. Uh, Aurora, w you are the star uh, as far as that yes. playbook is concerned. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What does the star mean in the masks campaign setting? Yeah, so I let me go ahead and I'm going to pull up this little snippet because each playbook has like a little brief monologue as to what it's about. So for the star, it says, being a hero isn't just about doing right. It's about being seen doing right. Let them think you're shallow for loving the spotlight and the cameras, for making speeches, for smiling so much. You'll be a hero in all the ways that matter. So this means is Aurora actually is already a little bit established as a hero within this world. Um, and she has amassed a little bit of a following already um, for her days when she was a part of a magical girl heroine squad. 
Excellent. And uh, for our audience as well, what does Aurora look like? Like, let me know. Because right now we don't have our art up. We should have our superhero art next week, hopefully. But in the meantime, paint me a word picture. Visually describe Aurora to let us know uh, who it is we're dealing with. Absolutely. So, uh, Aurora out of costume. Uh, if I had to give you like a face claim to reference, think uh, Brie, Brie Larson as Envy Adams in Scott Pilgrim versus the world. The outfit she has on is like the white trench coat and like the Ariana Grande high pony. So it's very kind of, uh, you know, in like the platinum blonde, almost white hair, very, very monochromatic, very put together. Um, you can tell that, you know, someone has picked out these outfits for her, has styled Stylized everything perfection. for it to a T. Um, so even though she is playing the parts of a, a high school student, she's still very much a celebrity as well and has to, you know, she can't come to school in sweatpants and a t-shirt. No, no, no. So, uh, yes. So that's is uh what she looks like excellent and i feel like uh i feel like you having previously been uh part of the part of the magical girl heroine squad uh and still also having that kind of be your side gig like all of the teachers are aware of this there was special forms that had to be filled out like in order for you to go to school so like oh in case like, there is an excused absence because you need to go do a photo shoot slash fight crime, like that sort of thing. Like, you are given a little bit of celebrity leeway uh, yes. in the school. Uh, so you have received your, I would say you probably have like a B minus. Like, it's like, it's not a C, but call it like you see like circled in red and written with a very hasted hand you could have done better and like you, like you fan to the back and like yeah your conclusion was a little lacking but eh, it doesn't matter this is high school this is history class nobody cares about history class um then uh mr caldwell will then go up to uh just kind of making the rounds will then make his way uh to the next person in line so caleb uh, as Mr. Caldwell approaches you with your paper, which I'm assuming is probably like a couple pages thicker than anyone else's paper, uh, what is, what is the grade that Caleb gets? Uh, I think Caleb gets a, like, 92, uh, and that's not because his, his paper is actually not super thick at all. In fact, it's like, uh perfectly tailored to be exactly the minimum length it needs to be and hit all of the rubric points that it had to to like get a hundred percent uh and i think i've been marked down because it's very obvious that i like wrote a paper that would like get a hundred percent and not a like paper that i cared about in any way i didn't pressure myself to to write anything great because i was like yeah i can bust this out in like an hour and, and get a full grade uh caleb himself is uh like a he's got uh kind of messy uh shoulder length black hair that he he doesn't really tame in any way so it kind of hangs 
uh, awkwardly around his face, uh, which is kind of squarish. And he's got these very large Coke bottle glasses that just make his eyes absolutely massive. Uh, he wears like a, a black polo and khakis as his like casual wear. Uh, so, so looking smart most of the time, but also, you know, uh, it doesn't put a lot into his appearance beyond that. Okay. So yeah, Mr. Caldwell hands you your paperback. Uh, and the only note that it says is good. Like it says 92. There are like a few like check marks on pages or like at the top of every page, there's a red check mark to like, he was, he read it that sort of thing, but he still only gives you that 92. It's not a perfect, perfect paper, but like, as far as the, as far as the American school system is concerned, you passed. Hooray. Uh, and sitting directly behind you, uh, as she was a transfer coming in early this year and yours had been the only available seat, uh, sits, uh, Luciana. So Satan, uh, Mr. Caldwell hands you back your paper, uh, describe Luciana and kind of what grade you think she would have gotten on this. She uh, kind of looks to the side as he puts the paper down, doesn't really make a motion to grab it uh, at first to just kind of check out the grade. And she actually got like a solid 90. Like she's trying, uh, but you wouldn't expect that from her by the way she looks. She has, um, you look at her, she has uh, just, dark makeup, black lipstick, piercings, shaved sides, dark brown hair that's kind of messy with long, uh, a jacket that is well-worn, probably a a dark um, jean jacket with patches that she's sewn on herself. So now with like dental floss because it's cheaper than like uh, thread and it's sturdier. Probably some band, some indie or obscure band shirt, um, shipped black nail polish, um, and she has ripped jeans and just like old boots. Like she looks very your traditional goth or punk uh, uh, type of person. So you wouldn't expect her to try or actually get any good grades. And she gives that vibe. But she kind of looks at it, sees us that's a night, it flips it over so nobody else sees it, and then just puts it in between, uh, in the middle of the desk, and just kind of <sighs> sits back on her on her uh, chair and just slouches. Oh, yeah. No, like, it does not matter which chair, wherever, like... Posture is terrible, but on purpose. Oh, yeah. It's it's a look. It's cool. It's a it's a look. It's like you she's not trying, but it looks cool. Oh yeah. No, it's it's the art of not caring at all, right? Exactly. Like you spend like an hour on your hair to make it look like you woke up this way. <laughs> For sure. Exactly. So yeah, your paper has been given uh back to you and you also received a very good grade. Uh, then going to, uh, one of the kids who sits in the back of the class, uh, kind of by themselves, 
not for lack of uh, not for lack of being friendly, but more just that's where luck sort of sat you down, Cody. Uh, so as uh, Mr. Caldwell comes up and then hands you your paper, uh, what kind of grade do you expect Cody to get? And kind of tell us a little bit about Cody as well. So this is like the first not C or C plus paper. This is an A minus but it's homeroom history and and the paper paper is like titled you know life and times of a centurion uh, officer roman legion blah 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 you know with the bracketed years set in it and uh like i said it's like an a minus and i would imagine you know he the teacher's a little nonplussed about it like holy crap and then he, he writes good to, job with an exclamation yeah, yeah. mark. It's red and, you know, it's, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. and uh, the the thing is, is that the reason it's an A minus is there's, uh, there's actual conjugated Latin in the paper and, and the professor like, or the teacher was like, no, wrong, wrong. And Cody just looks up and looks at it, kind of, kind of, it wrinkles his face a bit and, and it's like latin locura locula and he's like i in subtitles it says i speak latin and <laughs> in, in that and then he just kind of is like shrugs and realizes that he's like drawing attention to himself and he, he slumps back down and he's the big jock like guy um but, you know, he wears the knit shirt. He's got a little bit of spiky hair thing going on. Uh, you know, chiseled features, you know, cheekbones that would cut. And, but he's wearing, like, a, a big gray uh, sweat jacket. And most of the time, it's, like, hood up, just a little bit of spiky fringe hanging out the top. Uh, jeans, either a knit shirt or T-shirt, and then, like, Converse. Okay. Um, you know, depending on what time of year, it's either, like, cargo shorts or jeans <laughs> oh yeah for sure all right so i feel like you have all been given your papers back and uh aurora like you know that you could have done better uh mr caldwell knows that you could have done better but like you said whatever it's towards the, the time who has the time it's the end of the school year summer is only a few months away at this point and then when that happens you're gonna be done with this place anyways like you're gonna like you'll have time to pursue like your professional career you can skip college if you want like all of that's gonna just be a thing of the past it's all looking it's all looking up for aurora at this point and class goes by pretty regularly i would say like you don't really expect to find anything new uh going on in this class you're kind of getting at the end of uh of your last history class which at this point is mostly not even really a history class like there's some base history that's going on but a lot of what it is is more of like a government and politics class so it's more just like hey you're going to be voters soon if you aren't already this is kind of what you need to know going in. And a lot of it, like, 
Mr. Caldwell seems to always go back to like the Roman polis, uh, the original democracies and republics, like that sort of thing. Like he seems way more interested in like the traditional versions than he is more modern times. Uh, and he like he has almost like an anti-establishment vibe about him as well, where he like when he's talking about current political structure. A lot of it's just like, all right, so you have our two-party system. Now, let me tell you what the problem is with that. And, like, he's very easy to get on tangents, especially in regards to, like, the current political climate, which this game, again, takes place in the early 2021. So, uh, hmm, who knows what happened in this fantasy world? Perhaps President Sanders ran for re-election like everyone wanted. Hooray, if he came in for a third term, no one would be upset. Wow, what a great guy. Things have been great. There's no weird energy cra- You know what, it's fine. That's a thing of the past because where this story takes place is technically 20XX. So It's called escapism, damn it! <laughs> exactly, this is my fantasy world. Uh, so- you guys uh, are, are senior students, again, at, uh, at Everett High, uh, and going through the daily motions of class. Uh, in our session zero, we talked about classes that you all uh, would share together. Uh, so Luciana and Aurora are lab partners in a science class. Crow and Cody share PE with each other. Uh, Aur or uh, Luciana and Cody have art class. Aurora and Cody have home ec. Crow and Aurora have English together. And Crow and Luciana also have free period. Uh, now, free period... Uh, technically isn't really a class, but it is, uh, more of like a choose your own adventure study hall, uh, where if you already have enough school points to graduate, uh, then you can kind of just do whatever during that free period. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been to high school. We have school points, right? We do whatever at highs. <laughs> school points? Yeah! <laughs> We do now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no GPA, no credits. Just yeah, it, as long as you have enough SP, you're yeah. good. You got to max that SP bar. That's the mm -hmm. important thing. You got to grind for them. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Saucefire, you guys have enough learning points. It's okay. Uh, so, it is now getting towards the end of the day. Uh, and this is a question that I felt would actually be uh, a pretty, pretty pertinent uh question to ask all of you that i forgot to do so during session zero uh modes of transportation for all of you do any of you have cars do any of you ride your bike to school do you get rides public transit like what is the situation for your method of travel uh and that method of travel will stay pretty consistent throughout the rest of the campaign as well uh, I would say Luciana definitely is the one that has like an old beat up pickup truck. Like she runs great. Uh, and it's not as loud as people might think, but it could use a new paint job. All right. So Luciana drives an old beater truck. Um, Aurora has a chauffeur that comes and, and picks her up. Not in like a limo. Or anything like super pretentious, but maybe like a... It's like a town car. Like, you know, like somebody importance in that vehicle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, yeah, maybe the, it's like a, a Cadillac Escalade or something. The, oh. the Lamborghini, not the Bugatti. 
Just yeah. the Lamborghini. Bugatti well, Swimmingdale's. I was, <laughs> was going to say it's product placement. It's the Chrysler 300, the most productly placed car on the market currently. <laughs> yeah, no, it's nothing, it's nothing too high end. It's probably like no. a Cadillac or Mercedes Benz, something, you know. Nothing in, in super that. high end, but oh, a Mercedes yeah. still. That is so. It's got and seat yeah. heaters where it counts, and that's the important part. Exactly. So yeah, she she has a driver that comes and picks her up from school. Awesome. So you got a driver that picks you up um, every once in a while. Uh, instead of going directly home, they take you out to do like your photo shoots and, and monster fights, like villain fights, that sort of thing. Uh, most of that at this point, uh, because in our narrative, you used to be a member of like a top of the line, uh, like super uh, super heroine magical girl squad. But you have yes. you are now going on a solo act, correct? Um, yes. Yeah. So every like every once in a while, you will get asked to like go help out the local area, and like half of it, regretfully at this point, is like helping out at a soup kitchen standing in lines for places like not things that aurora necessarily wants to be doing but like she still needs to maintain a public face um mm -hmm. uh so then cody cody what is your what is your transportation situation cody has to have a jeep man i mean how could he not he, he you know lives up basically up in the woods at his grandpa's place and so he's got a, a kind of a beat up old jeep to to, to roll around in, you know, it always bars. has mud on it. <laughs> yeah, like even bars. after even after it rains really heavily, it's just like part of the paint job. Yeah, and it's more like it's more like a canvas flap than like a hard top or whatever. If it rains, it's just sort of like uh, 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 stretch cables <laughs> holding a tarp to the top yeah. of the jeep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for sure. Yeah. All right, so Cody drives a an old Jeep, an old muddy Jeep. Uh, we have an old beat up pickup truck, a chauffeur. Uh, Caleb, what is your what is your method of transportation? Well, unlike all of you fancy rich people, uh, I've got something a little similar to to Luciana's rig, I guess you could say. It's pretty sweet. Uh, I call her Big Bertha. She's my fixed gear bicycle. <laughs> oh yeah and, uh she was also passed down to me from my brother uh rusty as hell in a couple of spots but i can ride that thing pretty damn fast i just try not to you know get into any situations where i have to stop suddenly because then then i'm in for a lot of trouble but you know thankfully uh, state legislature recently passed a law where if you are approaching an intersection and there aren't cars on the other side as a biker, even if it's a red light, you can still just keep coasting through. It's been pretty nice for you. It's kind of helped cut your commute down a little bit. You still get honked at by cars who are just like, ah, oh, damn bikers on the road. Fuck these guys. And it's like, I'm just riding my bike. Like, leave me alone, please. I'm like maybe going as fast as you in this zone. Like I'm not even an, an obstruction. <laughs> All right. So 
Uh, so that is your guys' school life, and you all are, like, towards the end of school. Does anybody participate in any extracurriculars at school? I know that Aurora, uh, for example, you got a job to do. Like, Dimitri, your, your publicist, production manager, he's always trying to line up gigs. Uh, usually they don't pan out, but at least, like, or if they do, like, they're, mm, pretty low on the tier list as far as like hero work goes but you're still trying uh so i'm assuming aurora is working her side gig um caleb do you have any uh, extracurriculars yeah uh caleb is in chess club uh which he mostly does because it it eats up like enough time in the evening that traffic is cooled down and he can get home faster <laughs> that's a totally fair reason to be in chess club uh, so you are in chess club, at least until traffic dies down. Uh, your chess club proctor would be Mr. Caldwell. Uh, so he's actually like, he's probably like the closest teacher that you have. He also rides a bike. He does not have a car. So like, he's also on the same board of like, yeah, this this club lasts long enough for the traffic to die down. And that's really all that he's looking for. That like, he has a, he has a passing interest in chess. Uh, all things considered. He's good at it. He's good enough to be an instructor, uh, but he doesn't really play with the students often. He'll, like, teach them very basic moves, but for the most part, he just sort of, like, sits in the back, and he's, like, always, like, poring over Google or, like, some sort of, like, news feed. He's just sort of, like, he just reads in the back of the room, makes sure you guys aren't, like, doing drugs, getting into trouble, that sort of, that sort of thing. Like, d no smoking the pot before chess club, you hear? Uh, and then Cody, what, uh, do you have any extracurriculars? Oh man. I, I want to say that, uh, his extracurriculars probably aren't school based. I think he, <laughs> he does stuff like with his grandpa to help neighbors mm, and things. Okay. He like he'll he'll work other people's farms and that sort of thing as like favors, you know, because uh, ev everybody knows old man Johnson, you know, Cody's grandpa. And um, I think that's sort of it, because Cody, Cody, you know, used to play hockey at his old school. And, you know, it, it was, you know, total hockey in the winter or swimming or, you know, um yeah, he used to play like all the sports, but then when things happened, all of a sudden he could really play the sports and he had to like hide that, you know, I could throw a football through you. Um, yeah. That kind of thing. For sure. <laughs> I check you, check you through the boards. So yeah, so he's trying to stay low key as far as that goes. So he just is, he's, he's that nice boy who, who helps old man Johnson now. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, Luciana, do you have any after-school activities, such as loitering or doing punk-related things? Yes. Um, she she tried to get into, like, band because that's, she's, she transferred, she's like, you know, that's what you're supposed to do to get into extracurricular activities, right? I guess. But she, like, walked into the room and, like, heard what they were playing. She's like, no, I gotta go. <laughs> Um, and so now she kind of just either spends her time either loitering or annoying her neighbors with her loud music. 
Gotcha. Both either played on a, a on like like music she's playing or like guitar that she's playing. Gotcha. So <laughs> Uh, for your, uh, for your preference as well, uh, places that, uh, this city itself is actually rather large. Uh, Everett Heights at this point is roughly 750,000 people. It's actually like a decent sized city. Uh, there are obviously like all sorts of city related places that you could go hang out, whether it's like a shopping mall or like just downtown TM. Uh, and then there is also the mid grove in uh, the mid grove industrial forest, uh, which is a forest park. That's roughly about a mile uh, in uh, square acreage. It's not a actual square in the middle of the city as it is more of like a longer strip. Uh, but there's a nice lake that's in there. Um, there's walking, pads there's just places for you also again to loiter and just sort of not be at home if you don't want to Mm -hmm. be yeah she definitely would spend her time like in that forest uh park uh by the lake or just uh climbing the trees even though there's a sign that says don't climb the trees Oh yes. Uh, sitting on the on the little hills and and grassy areas that says don't step on the grass um reading a book or just hanging out uh listening to music uh surprisingly she doesn't hang out with other people uh she actually likes to keep to herself uh most of the time uh she doesn't have like that click or or or, or group of people that she uh hangs out with the other punks or goths or or loitering type of kids she kind of is trying to keep to herself most of the time so she'll be there reading or listening to music and hanging out so she has something to do gotcha uh while she has to get home yeah i would say in the park you end up being able to find this tree that's like it's amongst all of these other trees it looks very inconspicuous uh and like Obviously, there are signs like don't tread on the grass, do not climb the trees. But when you found this tree specifically, uh, as you looked up in it, you had seen that there were actually like some solid wooded boards that had been drilled in and set into rather higher rung branches. Uh, Mm -hmm. And climbing up there and getting a good spot to rest, it actually has a really good lookout view on the lake. Uh, And there are carvings in the tree itself uh, that let you know this is actually like a stoner hangout. Like a bunch of a bunch of kids just like hang up here and get high. Like that's all Mm -hmm. that they're really doing. But as far as like this being a very populated place, you're the only one that you've ever seen really hanging out or like sometimes like you'll get near it. You can smell the weed. Uh, and so you're like, oh, okay, the tree is currently occupied. Like, I don't mm-hmm. need to worry about that right now. Yeah. She also just sits there and, like, gets stoned while reading and, like, just looking out. Yeah. You know, it's just a, it's a good spot to just sort of, like, veg. The hard part mm-hmm. at that point is that, you know, climbing down this tree because you're about, like, 30 feet up having climbed your way. So, like, it is a little bit of a dangerous descent. Uh, but, you know... It's whatever. It's better than being at home right now. Um, And I think that is where uh, we'll actually get into your guys' home life. Uh, So, Cody, you already said that at your you live with your grandpa. Uh, Is it just your grandpa? Is it a set of grandparents? Just just G. Paul left. Uh, I came out here because he's like, 
you know, he lives away from town and he's kind of like a forest conservationist type guy. Um, but he, you know, hunts and fishes and, you know, basically works for like the tree service or something. Yeah. That kind of, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And so he's, he's kind of the, the grandpa from Lost Boys kind of thing. Okay. Like I said, you know, everybody he's loves old man. Grandpa. Everybody loves old man Johnson. I, I feel like most of the locals just call him like Grandpa Jay. Like, it, it doesn't even matter that he's not their grandpa. Like, communally, he definitely is. Like, blood relation aside, like, he is the grandpa TM. Yeah. Um, and I think, I believe we said he knows I have powers. So, if that is the case, is it or not? I can't um, remember. That's entirely up to you, I would say. I think that he... If he thinks, like, even if he doesn't know you have powers, he's definitely, like, probably at least been, like, pee in this cup. Like, let me know. Like, are you are you doing drugs? You're awfully, like, you got real strong all of a sudden. Like, he just fucking, like, sidelines you with that sort of thing. Like, he's always, that's, like, almost his way of saying, like, welcome home is pee in this cup. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where, like, maybe one time he was, like, all right, you know, get the forklift. You got to move all that lumber or whatever. And and he went in the house. And when he came back out, the the, the tree, the logs were all moved aside. Yeah. You know, over to where they were supposed to be. And he's like, doesn't smell propane. Didn't hear the forklift. Yeah, 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 yeah. That kind of thing. So yeah. So he's like, maybe almost caught me a few times. Yeah, I think that it it is very much a like. You're lifting something heavy in the backyard thinking no one's watching. And then you hear the door open, but it's him like walking backwards out the door, holding some lemonade or something. You have to put it down real quick. Put the tractor down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Something something like that. And like, I feel like he, again, like he's starting to catch on to the point where now like he's like sending you to do ridiculous tasks. Like, oh yeah, we're doing a barn raising. So like, you're going to have to be there to help the other guys like push the building up. (laughs) <laughs> and like he's he's giving you tasks that are more like testing your physical capabilities but he's not saying anything like he's definitely not like calling you out on it like oh, one of them super freaks i suppose no like he's just like he's watching you because he's right. your he's your guardian but like also because he's watching you um so Sweet. i feel like that's what cody's doing uh uh aurora what's your home life like Yeah, so Aurora uh, lives by herself. She has a downtown studio apartment that overlooks the city. Um, Very just kind of minimalistic, smartly furnished. Um, No real traces of personality in there. You can tell that someone else maybe bought all these things um, for her. Uh, and arranged this space. It was a um, like a pre-furnished apartment, like yeah. It, and it it's um it's Zillow fresh. It it has a very sense of like newness to it, as in like she hasn't been in this uh, living situation very long. Um, yeah. So no, not even a pet or anything. It's just her by herself. Okay. But she doesn't really spend much time in there anyway, because she's quite busy with other things. Too busy. Has a job. 
so that is Cody and Aurora. Um, Caleb, what is what is your home life like? What is it? What is the what is the daily do of Caleb Asher? Uh. Caleb's home life is pretty busy when he's there. Uh, Caleb is responsible for all of, or, or well, a majority of the cleaning and cooking in the household. Uh, he lives there with his uh, parents and his older brother. Uh, his father used to be in construction, but uh, her needed one of his discs and now isn't able to work in construction anymore and thus lives at home with his mobility impaired. Uh, and then his mother is a prosecuting attorney. So she is out most of the time working either like late at her office or like having to travel. Uh, and then his older brother is, uh, in his late years of college. Uh, so when he gets home from chess club, it's usually immediately like start cooking dinner, see if he can like pick up anything while, while that's getting going and that kind of stuff. Okay. And then Luciana, what is your home life like? Uh, Luciana, she lives with her tia, her aunt, um, who is a nurse. So she has odd hours. She's either working all day or working all night, uh, depending on her shift. Uh, so she doesn't really know when she's going to see her tia. Uh, but uh, she's, I would say, mostly uh, will be home alone. She'll cook food for whenever her tia gets home to make sure she's eaten. They kind of take care of each other. Um, she's very understanding of her, and she's like, she's like the cool aunt. Um, but uh, she's she is still getting used to life here. Everett High. She just recently transferred. It was like end of semester transfer. Um, so she doesn't really have a lot of personal stuff up, but she does have in her room, she does have like her guitar in a corner and like a, a, a little like desk with things, uh, posters that are kind of half put up, uh, the more that are meant to be put up, but she hasn't really found the time to, even though she's just loitering most of the time. Um, and yeah, she lives by herself and, uh, well, not by herself, but with her tia and when her tia is not there it's just her okay sounds good so as you are all at home uh after it's it's around dinner time uh we'll say that uh as luck would have it uh you're all either like tuning into the local news uh at dinner time this is towards uh i would say this is probably like a thursday uh in in the week because it's about time for one of your new favorite segments uh, that the news has started showing in the last year and a half. Uh, this is uh, Boy Watch, uh, as they have labeled it, uh, tracking one of the city's most favorite superheroes, uh, Good Boy, who is a uh, a super-powered pit bull, or not a pit bull, uh, a English bulldog. Uh, so with like the, the in-facing knuckles, big bulky chest, kind of droopy mouth, uh, this super-powered canine has an incredible sense of right and wrong, as uh, his owner Dale has uh, has described it. And Good Boy is just getting like the public laps him up. They absolutely cannot get enough of Good Boy. Uh, not only is he a crime-fighting dog, uh, but 
He's also cute as a button as he does it. Uh, and as you are watching uh, the newest uh, segment of Boy Watch, uh, you see that there are actually uh, like robbers that have their hands tucked behind their back. Uh, and they look like they're like all like been knocked out by something, and Good Boy is standing near them, and then just flops onto his side, rolls onto his back, and is just doing that thing that dogs do where they're, like, they're trying to get that scritchy spot. Uh, and the newscaster who is there uh, like goes from being very serious about this bank robbery to then just like fawning over this dog being super cute in the grass. Uh, and the other segment uh, that comes after Boy Watch uh, is talking about uh, how the second anniversary of the Green Sun event uh, is taking place. And uh, as they say in the uh, on this news bulletin, as many of you will remember, uh, two, oh, roughly or coming up on two years ago at 7.36 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the world changed and it has changed forever. The sun itself for five minutes turned a solid green color thus shedding this greenish light over the entire world. Even areas that were in darkness during this time, such as on the other side of the world, uh, they experienced a similar event with the sun's reflection actually being bounced off of the moon directly onto them. Now, it was this event and roughly after that you all started seeing a rise in the strange, a rise in the curious. This green sun event uh, has caused a tonal shift in certain things. Nobody is really like out and really coming out and saying that they are heroes uh, or that they have abilities. But you have started noticing that there are metahumans there are humans and other things such as good boy who have these innate abilities that are leading the world by storm uh in japan there is a commonly uh, a well-loved hero who calls himself drift rider uh who has super speed as long as he has two points of contact on the ground at any given point of time uh part of his superhero costume is that he has a glove that has uh metal plates on it that he will set on the ground and then as he runs will leave like a sparking trail behind him good boy is a superman dog uh not to be confused with crypto the super dog dc comics we do not have licensing to them but instead we have made our own super dog uh and then in everett heights you also have orb weaver uh who has uh a spider-like sense the ability to shoot webs from uh from her wrists which causes the city cleaning uh, city cleaning crew no end of fury. They do not like Orb Weaver that just leaves these webbings everywhere and in rather high places for them to clean up. Uh, no one knows who those heroes are uh, except Good Boy, who is just a very good dog. Everyone knows good boy. Uh, but people like Drift Rider and people like Orb Weaver, there is 
no real uh there's no real um identity to go along with them as far as uh as far as like a human face behind it and a lot of the a lot of the segment even goes into asking who are these people that uh, are currently parading around the city? Um, and there are some interviews of cops that are like, oh, no, we don't like these heroes because they're taking like they're doing our jobs for us. And there's even a spot, uh, Caleb, with your mom on there as a public defense attorney who's also kind of against uh, vigilantism as a whole, as it really just throws a wrench into the public proceedings of things. If you get a... If a masked individual drops off a villain covered in webbing on the front door of the police department, they may have committed a crime. However, legally, there's not really much that they can do to hold that person there because they were not read their Miranda rights. They were not officially arrested. This was not even a citizen's arrest. These are just superheroes going about their business, flying around, zip, zap, zap to them. This is very strange. Aurora, you on the other hand, uh, there is even a segment about uh, about the Rainbow, uh, I believe it was the Rainbow Girls, is that what their name the was? The Rainbow Maidens. The Rainbow <laughs> Maidens. Uh, and how uh, there are now also starting to become corporate sponsored superhero groups uh, that are making that are making the rounds as well. And Aurora, this segment infuriates you. Because you know that it doesn't, it's not about you. Because when they are talking about the Rainbow Maidens, they are specifically talking about your old colleagues. Uh, the group that you used to be a part of that has since replaced you. Uh, Primrose, who is uh, kind of the leader of the Rainbow Maidens, has a plant-like effect. Cosima uh, uh, has uh, black hole manipulation. Uh, Solil uh, can shoot anime-style fiery key blast from their hands and then there's this bitch opal <laughs> your replacement you hate opal so much because again she replaced you on the squad because during the events pre-green sun you were part of the superhero group that was kind of like a fun thing you would do dance shows. You were you were kind of like an idol, like a Japanese K-pop idol, like one of those style, styled individuals. But then your Rainbow Maiden partners actually got powers from the Green Sun event. And one by one, you felt yourself getting distanced from them. And they weren't exactly, like, your group was not exactly full of the nice girls. Oh, no. No, no. 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 So you have found yourself ostracized from this group, but given that you were still under contract, at least until, like, you graduated high school kind of thing, the company that you worked for uh, felt how do I put this? They felt bad uh, kind of kicking you out. So they have instead rebranded saying that you are going on a solo tour. Uh, you've been charged uh, by the Rainbow Guardians to go out and spread goodwill and cheer. Uh, like, uh, 
on the Wikipedia page for your group, it won't say X member until you're able to like officially talk about it at conventions sort of thing. Uh, but most of the fans of, uh, of the rainbow maidens know why, uh, you are no longer a part of this group. And as such, you have kind of been given a new PR agent, and that would be uh, the man known as Dimitri, uh, who is trying his best, but man, are things not the way that they used to be. Uh, you are in charge of most of your own finances. Obviously, your parents, uh, like, they they are taking some as well, not for their own personal. They say they're setting it aside for college and that sort of thing, but, like, most of your money then goes through them, at least until you were 18 uh, and a legal adult. And now you are able to have a fully furnished, like, balcony or, like, higher-rung apartment uh, in Everett Heights proper. You don't need to go out anywhere because you have your Mercedes-Benz, your driver. Like, you got—you have assets. You got some—you got some pretty solid assets that you're working with here. And I feel like— uh, as also part of this, one of the other news segments that they bring up is that uh, it was a event that happened in Riverside, uh, which is one of the, not really like a neighboring town, but that's like where your rival high school is. It's probably like a 20, 30 minute drive away is Riverside Prep. Uh, and in the city of Riverside, there was actually a, a significant event that leveled half of a city block. Uh, and they say that they are still on the lookout for uh, the self-acclaimed villains who are behind this. They were looking for a villain by the name of Livewire and another who identified themselves as Apex. Uh, it seems like they were apprehended by the police, but no one knows uh, where they went off to after that. So that is one of those, like, if you hear anything about these two, uh, and there's no faces, no masks, anything like that to go along with this news report, but just as a general for, uh, fair warning that these two are, are still at large. So if you see them, please alert the local authorities. Um, and that is sort of the end of the news segment. It goes on more of a dour note. Uh, and then... To cap it, uh, they throw in more uh, best boy clips, and it seems almost like uh, like your local best boy sightings. Like there are kids who are like taking pictures on their phone, watching this dog like fly through the sky, that sort of thing. You see him playing in a fountain, like he's just being a dog when he's not fighting crime. Uh, so everyone again loves good boy. He's the best. Um, but I think that is. That is going on towards the end of the evening. Um, again, you've had dinner, that sort of thing. Now, what is everyone's nightlife like? What is going on uh, past homework, past dinner, when you have some free time to yourselves uh, from early evening to possibly early morning, depending on how late you want to stay out? Uh, Aurora. Are you just, like, working on your job? Like, is this, like, a second job after school? And as soon as, like, 8 o'clock hits, you're like, fuck it, heroing is done. I am I am out. Or do you, like, kind of stay out? Um, It really just depends on what gig is lined up for the day for her. Like, she, she has all of her events scheduled for her. 
by by Dimitri. And I think tonight's maybe a lighter night. So she was actually able to go home early. And you could probably see her like uh comfortable, like posted up in some pajamas, hair up in like a messy bun. She's got her phone like propped between her shoulder and her ear as she's like uh eating some takeout and she's like on the phone with Dimitri and she's just like, no, I I don't care what you need to do to get it done, but I I just really need like a photo shoot or something with good boy. Like I could get with that dog, man. <laughs> Aurora, I'm trying. He's all over the news. He's so he's impossible to try and nail down here. Uh, but I'm trying. Don't worry. Don't worry. You're gonna be top of the line hero, Rainbow Maidens. Who are even they? We're gonna get you on camera with Good Boy. You can get your pets in. It'll put you back on the top of of of, of hero standing. The Rainbow Maidens get Good Boy? I don't think so. No, they can't. No one can so. get Good Boy. Uh, well, I need you to get it done, Dimitri. This is imperative. Priority number one. Nothing okay? but the best for my number one client. You know, I always say that. Oh, you're just, you're too sweet, Dimitri. You work so hard. Well, give me 24 hours. Let me see what I can do. We can try and get this this thing with Good Boy. I got some friends I can call in. I can call in some favors, see if we can get you at least on screen with, with him. Anything, anything you can get. Especially if I could just pet his soft little belly. Oh, it just looks the absolute softest. Have you seen the way his foot, his back foot, just goes and goes and goes? It could kick up a windstorm if we're not careful. Literally could. Strongest dog I ever seen. Yeah, so I think she's just chatting up a storm with Dimitri, figuring out, okay, what's the schedule for tomorrow look like? Okay. Uh, any interviews, any gigs, any shoots, any whatever. All right. So yeah, he he will he will let you know first thing in the morning uh, when he nails down uh, this good boy situation. He'll do his best to try and and get you on screen with good boy. Uh, he's got some favors to call in. He's working on it. Uh, Luciana, what does your after evenings look like? She probably uh, wants to get out of the house, so like they will just again later. Like they'll go around. They'll probably spend some time like a local arcade, uh, just hanging out, playing uh, some arcade games. She likes the shooters a lot, um, and she'll like go to like she has a fake ID, of course she does, um, and she'll go to like local like bars that have gigs see what's playing she doesn't really drink there uh but she, she just like, wants to see the shows she just wants to see the shows so she'll do that uh and just uh, like go around town getting to know it more to know the 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 vibe it has the people it has uh now that she's she's here um and yeah she's just hanging out and and, and just seeing what it's, what it's about sounds good uh cody what is what is your after hours times? So I think we I think we see Cody like uh, looking out the window and, you know, 
uh, finishing up the dishes, and G Paws already like asleep in the living room. Like the TV's playing that whole the the thing was going on, and and the, all the news. And Cody was listening. Like I said, he was do, finishing up dishes, putting them in the strainer, and then he sees G Paw there, and he pulls the Afghan off the couch and kind of tucks G Paw in, and then you know he like cracks his neck, and then we uh, we just see him like out in the woods. Just like boom, 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 and like whoosh, like you know, big giant jumps and stuff. And um, he like you know gets a stick and then he whirling it around like a spear, and he's you know practicing fighting and stuff where nobody's ever gonna be or see. Yeah, you yeah. know. And we like hear owls hooting or whatever. Um, but yeah, he he usually unless it's like a weekend night or something, I don't I don't foresee him you know uh not just being home yeah uh he's tries to like i said stay out of the way and uh yeah that's him yeah for sure i I think i think that's it all right and caleb uh what are what are what is caleb's uh nightlife look like uh you know it's pretty boring he just goes and studies in his room while crow goes out to play (laughs) (laughs) uh the the whole thing with the janus that i don't think i mentioned is it's your traditional dual identity uh kind of superhero living their their normal life and their superhero life so once he's finished with all of his responsibilities uh caleb stuffs his costume into his backpack and slips out of his window, which is fortunately on the first floor. Very easy to just step into the yard and out. Uh, He usually tries to make sure that it's late enough that everyone's probably gonna be asleep or like not in a position where they're gonna be out in the front yard when he steps out of his window. (laughs) Uh, And then recently, he has been trying to track down a very minor villain. Uh, did we name this villain? I don't think we did. Which Do you have a name uh, ready for said villain? I've just been calling him the trash man in my head. Okay. I'm down for it. He's a public menace. <laughs> he litters. Uh, like literally. piles. It's like all he does. He, he he's been wandering the 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 big Central Park, uh, which you named, and I should write down Midgrove uh, Industrial Forest. Yes, uh, he has been emptying the trash out of the trash cans with his powers into the middle of the walkways, uh, but he always does it very late at night, so nobody can ever catch him. Uh, so Crow has been uh, surveilling the park. In fact, he found a very nice uh, surveillance spot recently. A couple of boards hammered like way up in this tree. You can see so much of the park from there. Uh, It smells a little funny sometimes when you get to it, but it's fine otherwise. uh, And as his name uh, corresponds, Crow's ability is to control crows. Uh, not in a like direct bloodbending type way, but more in a, a suggestion type way. Uh, there's a, a crow that hangs out with him all the time, uh, who he has a particular attachment to, whose name is Mephistopheles. Uh, 
And basically, anytime he is in costume, Mephistopheles is with him. His costume is like a long uh, black cloak made of, of crow feathers with a, a hood up that he wears. And then he has a, a like half Venetian mask with a, a long nose. Uh, and he's just skulking around the park, uh, getting information from his, his crow friends uh, about the movings. And yet still somehow he has been unable to pinpoint this man who is struck multiple times within the, the like time that Crow has been trying to, to find him. Now, the other notable thing, Crow, is that while you have spent uh, quite a few of these nights trying to track down the trash man and his ne'er-do-well attitude, uh, you have become somewhat of a notable figure here in, in Midgrove. Uh, the local neighborhood watch uh, has seen a man dressed as dressed all in black, with a mask covering his his grisly face, uh, going from tree to tree, he seems to have the ability to call upon those carry on crows at his will. He is scaring late night joggers. He is scaring couples who are out just trying to mind their own business. Those crows are leaving trash everywhere, and the neighborhood watch is actually pinning most of the trash man's crimes on you, uh, on you, crow. And it seems like, all things considered, you are a slightly notable figure here uh, in this industrial forest. As again, the neighborhood watch uh, has taken note of you to the point where, uh, as many of you know, the neighborhood watch symbol shows like the little skulky man looking over his shoulder. Uh, that skulky man looking over his shoulder has since been replaced uh, by what looks like a uh, like a, uh, a sidewalk crossing walkie man that has more of like the long pointed nose and a cloak kind of billowing off of the back. The neighborhood watch has actually changed their has have rebranded uh, to now almost be specifically on the lookout for you, Crow. Uh, yes, as Kylan pointed out in the chat, they did get the beak wrong. Uh, it seems like they have more of like a plague doctor mask thing going on. Uh, but a plague, ma ma uh, plague doctor mask is easier inside profile of like a single color. So you can't really fault them for it, but it's still not right. They never get the nose right. And I think, Crow, as you are attempting to track down this trash man... Um, I would say, do you do you, like do you use your crows to try and track him down? Are you like using that kind of ability, or are you just more like flexing, going from tree to tree to tree, uh, with your improved athleticism uh, to try and track down this fool? Crow is mostly on like a mass stakeout, uh, where he just kind of chills in a single area for a time and does his observations uh, and the rest of his uh, murder is like spread out through the rest of the park and like looking for anybody suspicious spreading trash uh, so that they can like fly up and uh, the signal is actually just for them to like flock out of the trees cawing basically uh, yeah. as you know crows do. These, this weird set of crows that uh, 
like roosts in the park year round and doesn't migrate for some reason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They're just always there. Just always. always. There. Uh, I think one of the main issues is that Crow does respect his body like a teeny bit. Uh, and so he tries to go home by like 1 or 2 a.m. And I think that the trash man does not operate in the hours that he's been observing no. the park. <laughs> now, trash man usually strikes closer to like three to four. If you were pulling an exceptionally late night, you might be able to find the trash man. But as it stands, he's just doing, he he's getting up to no good when no one's watching. True villainy right there. Truly the thing that an arch nemesis is made out of. Now, this is... For this event uh, that we are going to be going into, this is going to be on the weekend. So this is a Saturday. Um, and Kylan, uh, or uh, sorry, Aurora, uh, the next day on that Friday, um, Dimitri lets you know uh, that he landed a that he landed a gig for you uh, on Saturday evening. It's going to be later in the night. It's not going to be with Good Boy. Look, I've been trying to call in my contacts for good boy, but apparently uh, there's, what are they? Like, they call themselves the Neighborhood Watch. Uh, they're scared that there's, like, this guy dressed up as, like, a bird costume or something. He seems to be scaring joggers or something, uh, leaving trash everywhere. They don't really oh, like him. Uh, I think I remember him. He crashed one of my photo shoots. What was his... I don't Bird know. It, was, it was I think it was Birdman. I think that was just what the what everyone's been calling him, like the Blue Jay or something like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now And so I, what, what about him? Well, he's been he's been crashing like he's he's just been kind of skulking around being he looks funny, right? He looks real weird. He's going around dressed as like this evil bird monster thing. And I know that they wasn't good boy, but well He's making joggers scared. He's making locals scared. So maybe if you just go, like, shed some light on the situation like you normally do, people wouldn't be as scary. And I know that we were trying to get you with good boy. But my brother's wife's cousin's brother-in-law's Uncle Mike is on the watch. And he said that since Donna did him good on helping him out with that rental the other week for his niece's quinceanera, that he owed us one. So, I mean, she is just becoming a woman after all. And, like, Dimitri is, like... You can tell, like, he is not any way, shape, or form Hispanic. Or, like, like he's, like, full-blooded Greek, but, like, it's still, like, like his niece's quinceanera was important to him, so. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I, I think Aurora's just going to let out a huffy sigh, and it's just like, okay, fine, fine. Go shine a flashlight on some birdo freak look yeah, all you gotta okay, do is yeah. just show up say that you're on the case every once in a while we go back to the woods she shine the light uh, it's fine that's all we really need we just need like public facing we'll post it on your youtube page we'll throw it on twitter we'll see what happens maybe it'll get some traction maybe maybe there are fans in the night watch out there who are, who are thinking to themselves oh yeah like this is now the now the forest is safe first the forest then the city that's that's what they say that that is that is what they say uh, I've never heard that. Well, 
you've been in the industry as long as I have, sweetheart. You hear lots of things. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what a fun way to spend a weekend. Now, you just got to be up tomorrow night, 10 o'clock. That's when the night, that's when the night watches, the neighborhood watches normally there. So just come on by. Oh, and do the whole transformation. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know uh, the gig. That's why I love you, Aurora. You're, always, you're the smartest pencil in the shed. Oh, stop. All right. Love you bunches. See you then. And then he hangs up the phone. Yeah, she'll hang up and just kind of lull her head back and just like, you know, I used to get, I used to get gigs downtown. Downtown gigs. Bank robberies. Now I'm hunting birds. And Aurora, as you're saying, as you are, as you are expressing this, as you are like filled with disdain about what tomorrow night's adventure will surely lie in wait for you. That's where we're going to go to our break for the evening. So I'd like to say thank you to everybody who's decided to stick with us so far. We're going to try and be back in five to ten minutes. So don't go no place unless it's to grab a food, grab a drink, grab a friend, or possibly go to indooradventure.redbubble.com. Pick yourself up something nice. And we'll see you guys shortly. All right, everybody. See you soon. Hello, everybody, and welcome. We have returned from our break. We're in for an incredible time. So, Aurora, you've just heard from Dimitri that there is going to be a a, a photo opportunity, uh, a, a brief little bit of a screen shoot in uh, in the Midgrove uh, Industrial Forest on Saturday evening. You just need to be there closer to around 10 o'clock. Um, Cody. Uh, what is, what are your weekend plans? Like, what do you do, uh, when you're not helping out your grandpa? Uh, Cody probably goes into town and will, like, probably hangs out at the, like, skate park. Uh, and yeah, just tries to keep low key, but I imagine he ends up at places like an arcade or a movie or, or that kind of thing, but usually by himself in the back, just hanging out. Yeah. Uh, I would say you probably are just getting done. You're probably just getting done at a movie. Like, and it was like, what kind of movies do you think that Cody enjoys? Like, was this like a, was this like a rerun of a really old movie that you're finally able to watch and like, perfect cinematic quality uh or is this like one of the newer movies that's come out lately uh i think it's probably um it's it's either something like ron or seven samurai or or fury road you know so it's it's action action that type thing um or it's something like crazy, like the Potemkin, you know, st stuff that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, you know, uh, only film students would see. Okay. And again, I think part of it started as him seeing the long line for some show and not wanting to be in the long line. And so then he went and he started to get this, starting to grow this love for these like weird old movies or whatnot. Uh, but as a side note, if on social media, Aurora has a, a gig going on 
and it's posted, Cody's going to be there. Okay, so Cody, you went into town on Saturday at roughly around like 4 o'clock. Following Aurora's social media uh, campaign, you know that she is going to be uh, doing this shoot in the in the center uh, in Midgrove, uh, probably closer to like the 10 o'clock range. Thankfully, the movie theater has the perfect opportunity for you. It's not going to be a double feature, but you do get to watch the full cut of Lawrence of Arabia from start to finish. With with a double with a double large popcorn, you get the first large popcorn. Just tear off the refill tab, get it refilled right at the start, so that way you can get the whole thing. Like it sucked because around like the two hour point, you really just had to like stretch your legs. Like what the fuck? Why is this movie almost four hours long? But like beautiful cinematography, absolutely fantastic movie. Really just fills you with that sense of like hell yeah. Uh, and you, you know, not wanting to seem like, like a stalker or anybody weird, you parked your car, your Jeep on one edge of Midgrove. The movie theater is at the entire other end. So you have to walk a mile through this park to be (laughs) able to actually reach the movie theater. But then, you know, like, oh, your car's just, it happened to be on the other side of that park. As luck would have it, you ran into Aurora's photo shoot. Wow, how crazy would that be? Uh, But yes, that is a thing uh, that you have at least to keep in mind. Uh, So you have just gotten done uh, with watching this Lawrence of Arabia film, and you are currently uh, about to set foot back into Midgrove to make your way through. Luciana, what are you doing uh, on the weekend? You know, again, it's a Saturday night. Uh, do you think that you would have been going to see a show? Probably. She knows that the the better bands are usually playing at night in the weekends than in the weekdays. It's either that um, or it's at like 5 o'clock on a Tuesday, like when no yeah. one's fucking there, but they always have a show anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like... Luciana, at this point, it maybe happened like if if this if current event is going to be happening at ten, it was around nine o'clock, and you had made it into the bar. You had enjoyed like the first set uh, that was there. You threw yourself into the mosh pit. You were having a good time. You have your fascist stomping boots on. Like you are like just throwing elbows enjoying yourself and then one of the bouncers like pulls you from the front you look a little young can i see your id and at first you try to like bat your eyelashes and like oh i but i'm like oh i must have just misplaced it uh he does not seem thrilled by that and as you continue to check you hand him your fake id he brings out flashlight checks it Puts flashlight away, pulls out a UV flashlight, clicks that one. And then he looks at you while still holding on to your fake ID, does not give it back to you, uh, and says you need to leave. Fine. She kind of holds out her hand for the fake ID. And he looks at it, looks at you, and just shakes his head. Mm Mm-mm. Why? 
She just stomps her way out. Could have gone worse, I guess. And this club is relatively near the park as well. Uh, so I'm guessing that Luciana probably is just like, man, fuck this. Like, yeah, just going to go. No yeah. Pull this joint. Fascists! Like, you fucking, like, give the bar the bird <laughs> over your shoulder. You call them fascists, because that's what punks do to everybody who's not punk. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, all clubs are bastards. Uh, that's what that stands for, Kylan. <laughs> all clubs are bastards. All clubs are bastards. Uh, and you make your way into the Midgrove Woods as well. Uh, you don't know that uh aurora is having this thing go on oh, no. uh, like you don't care you've heard from your friends that aurora is like kind of a big deal and i don't mean like your friends friends i mean like your your school chums your acquaintances the people that you are forced to sit next to and be lab partners with actually uh my guess would be that of the people to bring up that aurora is actually a big deal uh, would probably be during your art class that you have with Cody. Uh, as you see Cody, like, oh my god, Aurora's doing this thing. Aurora's doing this thing, and you have to be like, who's Aurora? It's like, well, we have homeroom with her! How do you not know who Aurora is? Like, Cody is Oh, like, you mean my lab partner? Exactly. Ig. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah her. <laughs> All shy. So you do not know that Aurora is doing this thing. Um, he doesn't know about the Rainbow Maiden. No, like if it, like you saw, like every once in a while, you'll see Cody. Like he'll like wear that as his like gym shirt, but he looks like yeah. no one should see me wearing this. Like yeah. it's during winter when you're gonna have multiple layers on, anyways. But like it's just his cozy clothes. Mm -hmm. um, so you are entering into Midgrove Industrial Forest as I mean, well. I mean, she's a real hero. I mean, I, I've she seen never her. never gave you back my pencil. That's not very hero-like. She owes you a pencil. But, I mean, Rainbow Maidens. Who? <sighs> that kind of thing. Exactly. So, uh, Crow, you are... Out and about, you are doing your your general scans, looking for looking for the trash man. Uh, Mephistopheles has let you know that like they've seen the trash man in action. They don't like the rest of the murder has. They don't remember. They re kind of remember what he looks like, but it wasn't grandiose. And a lot of people wear wear clothes, and they don't really understand the necessity of it. Uh, but, uh, they're fairly certain that they know at least, like, the general area where the trash man is. Um, and as you are going from tree to tree, uh, you see it looks like a camera crew. You don't see any, like, news vans or anything like that. Like, the local channel, like, the local channels aren't here. It just seems like a slightly sweaty, overweight guy talking to, you think that's Aurora from your high school? And, like, she's here oh, no, for no, some no. reason. And, like, it seems like a guy who looks similar to the bigger sweaty dude is, like, holding what looks like a family camera. Like, it's a larger-sized one, but, like, he's holding that up. It's not, like, an official thing at all. Um... 
And Crow, you see that uh, Aurora is actually talking to a small squad of what look like older Caucasian individuals wearing like these purple shirts that all say in really big letters, neighborhood watch. They have your symbol on the front. Uh, and like, it's like an older woman uh, with like stark white hair who's uh, talking to Aurora um, about how, um, about how, how upset she is. Uh, that there's this man who dresses up like a crow. He's a true ne'er-do-well. What if we've tried contacting Orb Weaver? We've tried contacting Good Boy, and none of them are stepping up to the plate. But we've seen it. He comes around here, jumping through the trees, knocking trash cans over all willy-nilly. Have you seen the way the crows have been looking at people lately? I have. They're listening. They are listening to people now. Yeah, I, I think uh, while this is going on, um, you know, she's listening and taking it all in. Um, it'll be like her her demeanor has like completely changed. So normally when she is in like the high school, she kind of keeps to herself is pretty serious um, attitude of just like, don't talk to me. I'm tired. But whenever the cameras are on and she's in front of a crowd or her fans, it's very much the the show the show persona comes on um which is this very upbeat um you know heroin type uh so uh, she will say well you called on the right hero to handle this case never fear and she'll pull out her magical wand her magical wand uh which you know it Sailor Moon wand-esque with like this, you know, prismatic, uh, sparkly rainbow cube at the top and she'll, she'll press a button and her, her magical girl transformation sequence begins. Ooh, ooh. I want to know about this. Tell me, tell me all about the sequence. What does Aurora look like as this is happening? Crow, you are witnessing this transformation from like several trees away. Uh, uh Cody, you like have made... You are near enough that you can kind of like I spy on this if you want to. Like you don't want Aurora. Do you want Aurora to know that you're here watching this unfold? Uh, I I'm trying to be at the back of the crowd. Okay, yeah, and there is there is definitely a small crowd that has formed here. Yeah, I mean I'm not like hiding or anything, but I'm just like, oh yeah, this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Crazy, huh? Okay. Yeah, so. Aurora's, um, you can tell that this transformation sequence has been very perfectly choreographed. She's practiced this so many times. And, you know, like some nice lighting and, and transformation effects. Um, you can see that her hair that is normally this, this white platinum blonde gets these uh, beautiful muted pastel rainbow highlights in it um, and is let down from her ponytail. These beautiful waves uh she has kind of a very you know traditional like uh magical girl Sinchi sailor Sinchi uniform that's mostly white with these beautiful like rainbow pastel prismatic sparkly elements to it um and uh it 
you know, she of course ends with like a, a dramatic pose of some sort. It's cutesy and like a little wink and a smile. And she'll be like, and she'll say something along the lines of, let the prismatic light of justice illuminate never do wells. Is here. And like the crowd cheers, but the the woman in the neighborhood watch just gives you like a big harumph. It's like she does not seem impressed with this uh, at all. Like your your flashy garb is just it's more of that hero business. Like she interested in results, not the not the not the pomp and flair. Uh, Crow, you are uh, I would say you're probably like a hundred hundred and fifty feet away uh, at this point, observing through the trees. Are you in uh, Are you in your tree lookout spot watching this, uh, or are you a little bit closer witnessing this? Uh, I think Crow happened to be a little bit closer. Uh, if you could see his eyes at the moment, they would be like wide with like shock. He's like not really sure what's going on in front of him is like actually happening. Uh, but you can't see because he, uh, one of the things I didn't mention is he has two like large uh, lenses. It looks like he like grafted some steampunk goggles from a, a like cosplay shop onto the, the the mask and they have like these silver mirror lenses uh so you can't see past them uh but i think he realizes as like your transformation ends like what the implications of this whole scenario is and he like looks over at mephistopheles it says uh Mephi, is there any way out of here that you can think of uh, before I encounter that? Or uh, am I screwed? So, to me, that sounds like you're trying to assess the situation. Womp, 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 womp. First roll of the night, everybody. First roll. What? So, uh, my guess is that you are probably going to ask, uh, how could we best end this quickly? Uh, which seems like a pretty good thing for uh, for Crow to try and be doing. So uh, let's make let's make a roll for me. Let's see if we can get that going. Uh, can you remind me what that is? Roll plus. Ah, uh, roll plus superior. That's going to be an eight. Okay, so on an eight, you can ask one. Uh, what here can I use to blank? What here is the biggest threat? What here is the greatest danger? What here is most valuable to me? Or how could we best end this quickly? How can we uh, best end this quickly, I think, is, is the one I want here. The best way that you can think of as to how to end this quickly uh, would be to have some of your crows possibly fly around, create a little bit of a distraction, like they could like windstorm around Aurora uh, to like, just like not really like pecking and like using their their claws to rake at her, uh, but more just to like, like flutter near her and just, ah! And, like have her just like be startled and hopefully that would startle everyone enough 
that it, you will chase them all away and then you can get rid of this. However, doing so would probably alert more people of your presence and kind of like continue on with the narrative that you are more yeah. like do well versus if you just ran. If you just got very far away from these people as quick as you possibly could. Because if you tried to play the hiding game and, like, always tried to, like, stay towards, like, Aurora's back, regardless of where she's shining it and regardless of where the camera's pointing, as long as you aren't captured on film or on camera, that would be a success for you. It's time to emulate my hero, Bigfoot. <laughs> uh... So I think uh, Mephistopheles is like letting out a series of, of calls uh, and responses to like determine if there's like good clear paths. Uh, and, and Crow is kind of mulling over his uh, possible options qu quickly and is finding himself frustrated that like he can't like clear up the situation in any way that he has to run and that like even that this is formed uh so i think that he comes up with an idea off the top of his head which he thinks might look sort of suspicious but at the same time you know it's a it's a bold move uh i think he is going to get at least a little ways away uh and try to find an area that is still messy uh and, and trashy uh and i want to like be picking up trash and like having my crows fly around and pick up trash that they can find and put it in the dumpsters okay it's all right uh yeah let's see uh so for that, yeah, I would say that that counts uh, as unleashing your power uh, because say. you are trying to uh, reshape your environment. But in this case, you are, you know, cleaning it up a little bit. So that role is going to be role plus freak. That's a 13, baby. A 13? All right. That is a success. You are definitely able to do that thing. Uh, so, Aurora, after this huge transformation sequence, uh, you hear the flutter of crow wings, and you think to yourself, oh, thank God, it's always easier when the villain just shows up and then lets me, like, bamp them, uh, and then I don't have to worry about this. But you just see a crow, like, land near a trash can, holding a piece of trash in its mouth. It's like a little, like, it looks like a straw, like something, like, very small and mundane, and it just, like, puts it into the trash and then flies away. And then you see, like, two more crows come down and also, like, put garbage into the trash and then fly away. Um. Yeah, I think Aurora's going to come up on this scene and is gonna kind of like stop in her tracks for a second, and it's just kind of be like, a second, just like, shit, I didn't expect this, but uh, it's going to immediately 
switch back on um, after a brief pause and be like, well, villain, I would tell you to clean up your act, but it seems like you're already doing that. Those are just his minions. He's probably lurking somewhere around here waiting to scare us. You hear the older older woman. Her name is Deborah. We'll just call her we'll call her Deborah. She either goes by Deborah or Deb. Well, he can't hide for long. Uh and uh the, the crowd be like your audience is just like, Woo yeah. Um so I don't see him at all, right? You do not. Okay. Um she is going to pull out her magical wand. Um and, and activate the button that lets out this brilliant, radiant, dazzling light um, as she is going to try and scope him out and blind him with this beautiful, dazzling display okay. so she can All right, capture so him. for that, um, hmm, what do you think that move would fall under? I believe that would be provoke someone. Because let's you're see, trying to like get uh, get the attention of Crow as well as like find them out, unless you were trying to pierce the mask. But I don't think that that one necessarily goes here. Yeah, I think I think I'm trying to more so provoke. Okay. So let's roll for provoke, which is on page sixty three. So I need you to provoke somebody. So roll plus superior. Okay. Um, so what I'm trying to get them to do, get him to do, is like come out. I guess if I if I can't find him myself, I want him to to come out and confront him. Okay. Um, and I think I have influence over Caleb, so that gives me plus one to my roll. It does. <laughs> And superior is one of my better stats. Huh? Let's see how this goes. Ooh, okay, so that's that's a 12. Okay, so on a 12, they rise to the bait and do what you want. Uh, so you were trying to goad Caleb out. Uh, you have just let loose uh, this speech about how, uh, like, Sending your minions to uh, to clean up your act, but you're already doing a decent enough job of it. Caleb, it almost sounds like Aurora's like giving you some praise for the job that you've been doing. Very nice praise. Do you say anything to provoke me beyond just your your general speech? Um. Do you call me out? Yeah, I, I think she she'd say something like, you know, uh, like, you know, show yourself, Birdman. Stop hunting all your your um, you know, all your pets do the work for you. Yeah, I think uh, Crow like kind of appears from one of the paths, and he's like holding an armful of trash, which he, like, dumps in a dumpster. Uh, and then just, like, stands there and looks at you. I'm here. What do you want? And, like, the camera that uh, 
that Dimitri's uh, friend was holding like shifts over directly to you. Like the lens is like focusing in and out. The neighborhood watches all there. They're looking towards you as well uh, as well, Crow, and they start going, Cody. This caped hair th- creature just showed up out of the woods with an armful of trash, and like into the dumpster it went. Like the little the little side profile. Uh, Cody, as you are watching this unfold, it's getting warm. No. <laughs> Like, no one else around, like, you know, like, you're starting to, like, sweat a little bit, and you can see, like, the cameraman is sweating a little bit more, Dimitri's sweating a little bit more, and, like, maybe it's the group of people around, but, like, it's a summer night. It was a balmy summer night, and it's getting warmer, and you don't know why. It should be cooling down. It should be cooling down, not the other way around. And, Cody, as you notice that things are getting warmer, Luciana... Luciana, you are walking through Midgrove Woods. You just got kicked out of a show. Your fake ID has been reclaimed by the bouncer. What what a shit show that was. You didn't even get to see the band that you were here to actually go and see. You got to see the front men and like they're okay but they're not who you were there for. No. And, like, it's not like you were getting drunk either. Like, you you were sober through an, a show that you didn't even <laughs> yeah. want to be at. Um, so uh, as you are going through the woods, um, again, like, you, you parked, uh, you came at an early enough time where it was still traffic out, so, like, you had mm-hmm. to park on the other side of, uh, of the uh, industrial forest. So you're making your way over there. And as you are, as you're walking, um, what do you think Luciana is currently up to? Like, is she just focused on getting out? Like, um, is she going up to her tree to just hang out for a while? Like, she she's probably going to go up to her tree to hang out for a while. Um, and... If she like notices like Aurora and her crew, she's like, "Fuck, cameras! I don't want this shit." <laughs> so she's trying to get away uh, as far away from the situation as possible. She heard the announcement and the news. She doesn't want her face in cameras. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think at that point you are making your way up the tree, uh, or making your way down the tree, uh, which is always mm-hmm. a much more difficult excursion. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say for the scene, you're probably making your way down from the tree. Like, yeah, go yeah, up yeah. in there, be like, oh, fuck the bouncer anyway, like, roast a quick one. <laughs> and yeah. then, like, you're making your way down, and you are... You're maybe about, like, 10 feet away from the ground, and you hear the sound of um, skateboard wheels. And the sound of these wheels on concrete just seems to be like a cutting noise through the otherwise urban silence that you are experiencing. Just hearing that steady like, as they are going over this nature path. And you're stoned enough 
uh, that climbing down, again, is hard. And one of the tree branches actually snaps under uh, out from underneath you, and you fall. And you land on your back, and your head is kind of, like, now looking out at this pathway. And going down the, uh, going down the park uh, on this skateboard that you can see is a, it's like a, a white longboard. You only know one person who rides a longboard like that. And you see that they are wearing kind of like these nice flowy pants, uh, more of like uh, like a, a, a f- more flowing like black, almost like a howry, uh, where it's like long, uh, long sleeve arms, that sort of thing. And th- you see this figure that you recognize just cuckoo, cuckoo. Kind of like going on the skate path. What do you are do? They, are they heading towards her direction or away from her? They look like they are heading in that general direction. You know that the path splits off in several directions, but you know that they are going at least in the same general vicinity as where all the noise and people are. Okay, so she, her mind is split because she's really stoned. She's just like, fuck, I gotta go. But also, what the fuck are they doing here? Um, she's she's gonna be... She's gonna try and hide and kind of follow them, if that's possible. Okay. Um, so I would say for this, um, that would be assessing your situation. Mm-hmm. So roll to assess your situation, and that mm-hmm. is going to be, uh, that is going to be roll plus superior. Okay, well, that's plus zero, so uh, nine. All right, so with a nine, you get to ask one. Uh, What here can I use to blank? What here is the biggest threat? What here is the greatest danger? Who here is most uh, vulnerable to me? And how can we best end this quickly? Um, Okay, so... I... Okay... Uh, she's gonna, I'm gonna go with what here's the like the best place to hide. Okay. So what here can I use to hide? Uh, yeah. in that case, the general foliage, uh, some of like the more like natural surroundings, like if you but you still wanna like track them down, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so if mm-hmm. that was the case, you're probably going to be wanting to be like slightly off in the woods, uh, not running directly on the path, but more just like kind of stalking after them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're on wheels, though, uh, which does make it a little bit more difficult. Uh, but you at least are able to at least like go after the general area that mm-hmm. you see them going down. Uh, and I would say Luciana is athletic she was yeah. like she albeit a bit stoned is not winded easily uh so i would be guessing that like she's probably just like ducking behind trees 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 like making oh, yeah. sure like if anything the neighborhood watch slash the night watch would be like mm, somebody else is skulking around in these woods 
Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, thankfully, they seem to be preoccupied uh, with an event that is happening mm, roughly around 300 feet from where you are. Mm -hmm. 300, 400 feet. And as you are following after uh, this long border, you reach a point where the path diverts into two different pathways. And as they do, you see that on the left-hand side, that that path just sort of like cuts back and you know that it will lead back out onto the city streets. But the path on the left-hand side, I think I said left-hand on the first one, the path on the right-hand side leads back to the city. The path on the left-hand side uh, leads back towards where uh, you assume uh the uh where you assume aurora is and where all of that mm -hmm. is happening and as you are standing here trying to make this decision as to what you are going to do that is when you hear a scream and a collective group of yelling coming down the path from where you know that aurora's event is taking place Cutting over to where Aurora's event is taking place. Cody, you have noticed that it is getting warmer here. Crow, you also get the feeling that it's getting warmer here, but that could also just be the sheer anxiety of knowing you have a camera trained directly on you. You are looking at one of your schoolmates who, if she really needed to, could probably guess who you were and the anxiety is just a whole lot and you wish you could be up in your tree cave talking with birds. Uh, just trying to do my part. Yep, just trying to do your part and you know like there are a lot of angry old Caucasian eyes looking in your direction. They are the absolute worst in the big city because you're the reason this neighborhood's going to shit. Uh, oh, does literally say that as well though. Oh yeah. As he dumps the trash off. <laughs> Uh, and Aurora, uh, as you are looking around, like, you see Crow, and you're like, oh, uh, the villain, like, this is new for a would-be villain. Like, Dimitri is really stepping off of his game on this one, if this is what he thinks villains stepping in from the shadows look like. Like, he was selling it at first, and then he threw away some trash. Like, no, if anything, he should be dumping the trash, throwing it on the ground. But as you are looking at Crow, looking at Dimitri, and being like, what the fuck is this about? Uh, you notice that there are a cluster of hooded figures that seem to be coming in from the outlines of the general groupings themselves. And as they do, uh, you see that there are maybe like eight of these individuals that you can see. And they all wear what looks like a red robe that has a little bit of brown towards the top that goes into like a charcoal black at the top of the hood. And around their necks, they have a clasp that looks like a small blacksmith uh, anvil that they seem to just be wearing. And as they arrive, you all begin to hear a chanting. Well, everyone except for Luciana. And as these strangers encircle your group, you all hear the chanting of something I wrote down on another page. Nope, it's right here. Strength of the hammer, fires of the forge. Our lives are but ingots laid down for our Lord. By his brilliance, we embrace the blessings of the one true flame. 
And as they do, you see these eight individuals raise their hands, a blacksmith hammer in one, an empty palm in the other. And as they raise their hands towards the sky, these gr- this like group of onlookers, your audience, diverts their attention over to them. And as they do, you see one of these hooded figures just ignite into flames. And as they do, that flame grows into what looks like a almost like a devil-styled creature that just seems to be, like, lurching forward. Another takes their hammer and strikes it against uh, a ring that they have on their finger, and as they do, their arm turns into a blade, and it seems like each of the each of these hooded figures are beginning to show signs of having some sort of meta-power. There is a creature that is on fire. There is a man with a blade in his hand. There are other individuals here who are also looking like they are going to start some serious ruckus. Deb is gone. The The neighborhood watch, as soon as a man caught on fire, they shrieked, they yelled, they ran. All of your onlookers are like, like some of them think that this is part of the show uh, and do... Until you hear what sounds like a uh, a heftier thud, and you look behind you, and you can see that Dimitri is passed out. Uh, the camera guy is also passed out, and the camera uh, is, like, slammed onto its side. Uh, but you can see that the red blip is still going, showing that it is recording Aurora. You were the first person to notice this as these cultists of fire question mark seem to have just ruined your encounter with your new nemesis the trash bird yeah i i think she's going to like look over and like see dimitri and the camera guy pass out and she's gonna roll her eyes a little bit and we'll just kind of mutter to herself time to improvise uh and she's going to look over at crow um and kind of like in like a lower voice, uh, not so much in her, you know, amplified stage persona cutesy voice will be like, so, um, how about mid fight face turn? You wanna team up or something? That could be fun. I don't need to face turn cause I'm already facing the right direction, but yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're, you're a newbie, huh? All yeah. right. All right, well, you know, just, um, Lead, I guess we'll we'll put on a show, and uh, she'll kind of spin around and, and face face these cultists and be like, uh, "We'll say something along the lines of like, well, you weren't invited here, but never fear, you will be defeated anyway.'" The creature made of pure flame just roars at you. And when it does, you see heat shimmers just cascading off of its back. And the tree that it is standing nearish, you see is getting a little like the heat itself is like moving the the actual branches of the trees up. Like there is a lot of updraft from this creature. And Aurora, you know, like you fought masked individuals before. This is a fucking elemental. Like, this is a thing made of pure fire, which 
Take it as you will. It might just be smoke and mirrors. Fingers crossed on that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yes, so you uh, tell these cultists that they need to get ready after having that brief aside with Crow. Uh, Crow, as you are... As you are getting ready, having had this conversation with Aurora, what is your plan? What is your what is your go-to idea on this? You've just seen a bunch of hooded figures show up out of the woods that look like they are here to stomp on Aurora. She seems to have this like, yeah, whatever. It's probably just part of the gig attitude. Uh, are you like following along with her attitude on that one? Like this is a weird gig, but sure. Or is this like a little bit more dangerous to you? Crow, I think, is like instantly in like fight or flight mode. He he sees this happen and is like slightly uncomfortable at how casually you had that conversation with him just now, uh, because he's pretty sure that these people are here to like do harm, kill people, bad stuff. Uh, so I think his first thought is that he uh directs some crows to go grab a bucket from the gardener shed and get water from the lake and bring it to him but he knows that's gonna take time okay uh yeah i would say roll to unleash your power uh i'm also going to uh engage my move game face where i'm gonna commit myself to uh defeating these people uh and i'm going to go ahead and mark uh angry on my conditions list uh that's what i have to do to do that uh but i get a plus one going forward when pursuing this goal yes you do however with the condition of angry you take a minus two to comfort or support somebody or an or attempt to pierce the mask uh Oh, right. I was actually thinking about taking Insecure. I just okay. forgot because it was the last one I didn't write down on my actual character. That is all right. If you want to take Insecure, you're more than welcome to. Again, this is our first session. Yeah. This is my first time DMing it. If you want to take something else, not enough time has passed. I don't care. Yeah. You can take that one. Uh, so in which for context, case, yeah. Insecure gives me minus two to defend someone or reject others' influences. Uh, but yeah, I will roll to unleash my powers. Uh, that's going to be 14. Okay, so 14. Uh, man, you are, you know these birds. Mephistopheles is a really good translator uh, and taught you how to speak to the murder as a whole and not just individual birds. Uh, and so you send them on their way, I would say, uh, within the, like, relatively soon. Word travels fast with the crows so they will be able to bring you a bucket uh are you asking for a bucket or a bucket of water or sand specifically well we aren't close to the water right now are we there is a like centralized lake area like a okay so we are by the lake yeah okay cool then just a bucket i think okay uh Yeah, I think, also, I think Crow literally has to speak Crow. So you see Crow, like, glance over at at Aurora nervously and then glance back and, like, "Ah, ah, ah!" 
and there is a cacophony. Yeah. yeah. A, a chorus of, of crows suddenly cawing in the forest. It echoes. It carries for quite some time. Cody. Cody, you... You have been warned of these individuals. And as Crow is calling out, as Aurora is getting ready and has given her whole defender speech, the creature made of pure fire that seems to like loom forward on all fours hisses out, Give us the vessel! Cody, you know uh, that's you. Yeah, and... Is it looking at me or is it just still like looking it is around? Surveying, but it seems like it is. Aurora has said this. It spat that out towards her, and then it is like still like scanning, looking over the crowd, trying to sniff out the location of this vessel. Yeah. So Cody's Cody's right hand is like flexing and and stuff, and he's he's trying not to not to uh, power out. Because he's like, once the jig is up, you know, he thinks that it's over and it'll be nothing but a, a, a monstrous assault on the on wherever he is. And they'll get his grandpa. And he, so he's kind of freaking out and holding his powers, trying to be like, okay. Uh, so he's he's basically waiting for that moment that they go after someone. And then he'll, you know, shazam out and get get in the way to defend someone. Okay, but he doesn't. He doesn't want to reveal his hand. He's holding his action, sort of. Gotcha. Sort of okay, you are waiting until the trigger to defend until somebody looks like they need to be defended. In which case, yep. then you will defend somebody. But until then, right, you're good. And, and because the, there there's heroes out here. I mean, I know Aurora is a hero, and the uh, this this Birdman, he's obviously the trash he's, bird. Yes, he, he's got he's got powers. He's he's on the sign for Christ's sakes, you know. <laughs> Look up at the sign; it's right there. Okay, so you are getting ready to wait until somebody does something that could possibly be defensible, uh, Luciana. You have heard people yelling, and like now you are seeing people like running away from that path saying something about mm -hmm. a fire monster what would you like to do she's gonna run towards that she's gonna be like oh and then just run okay uh um, so yeah rushing towards this area are you still like making sure to like stay relatively in the trees or are like you just like full-on running down the center path uh, relatively in the trees, kind of like running like on the side of the crowd that's running away. Okay, gotcha. Um, does she see this giant fire monster? It is not hard to miss at night. That is for sure. Uh, and you see that as uh as it's like peering forward, uh, Cody from Homeroom is there. Aurora, like Aurora's there, you understand, but like Cody's just like hanging out around a, a small group of people that are still like, oh, this is all part of Aurora's show. Wow, she really like amped up the special effects, and you can even hear them saying that like this is much better than the last uh, than the last supervillain fight that she had. This they have incredible. the shirts on. Yeah. They, yeah. they have the shirt on. One of them has like the headbands with glow sticks that like he bought as part of the Rainbow Maiden's crate that came out two years ago. Back before Aurora ended up getting uh, like moved off, and he's been saving them for a special event. Just way. Um, 
I, I how far away is the lake? The lake, I would say, is probably about 80 feet away from where you all are. So, uh, I can control Earth. You can't. Can I punt this fire demon into the lake? How would you like to? Uh, I would like to... Do you to... just want to, like, fascist stomp boot, like, punt a yeah, fire she, demon? Yeah, she, she's gonna, like, like see what's going on, go to an area where not a lot of people can see her, because she doesn't have her helmet on or her mask on or anything, so she's just gonna, um, uh, wait, uh, like, unleash her powers and just stomp really hard on the ground, and there's gonna be cracks on the ground that'll lead up to this demon, and just a tower of earth is just gonna erupt and like push him up and like into the lake okay like just go flying roll to unleash your power and that okay. is going to be uh your roll plus freak plus freak get your freak on get your, get your freak on uh okay i'm trying to pick which i have too many d6s don't fail me now Okay, okay, okay. That's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, that is uh, 10. Okay. I rolled a 9 plus 1. So a 10 is a success. So you launch. And I imagine, like, is it, like, a boot? Like, a, a boot made of earth and stone that just, like, juts up <laughs> from the ground and literally, like, punts it, this dude out? Or is it just it's, a pillar? It's actually, it's, it's like a pillar. It's kind of, like, toff earthbending style gotcha. where okay. there's an angled pillar that takes it just that, that like sheer, comes out yeah yeah that sheer force that like just punts them like across the air into the lake okay so yeah they just get launched and aurora you see this column of earth just erupt from the ground and this creature made of pure flames just sails over you and you can hear this like and then, like, lands into the water, and there is, like, this steaming hiss as this creature is, like, batting around trying to get out of the water. But ultimately, it is causing them to uh, to diminish in size. Um, however, there are still uh, seven other cultists. You see one of them also has a blade hand. Again, others uh, seem to have their, uh, their blacksmith hammers at the ready. So, Aurora, what would you like to do? Yeah, I think Aurora's gonna um, capitalize on this opportunity um, without missing a beat. It is going to like charge up to the one with the blade hand and use her wand to kind of like dazzle and flash him for a moment and then use it to kind of parry off that blade hand and uh, hopefully get him like off balance. Okay, uh, so that... Um... That's not unleashing your power, but that is directly engaging with a threat. Yes. And do I have an audience watching? You do have a slight audience watching because, again, okay. there's there's the dude with the glow sticks. Uh, Cody is there. There, There's, like, a, cl a small cluster of audience that is currently watching you. Okay, because I have a move from my playbook called Stage Fighting that whenever I directly engage a threat with an audience watching, I get to roll with Superior instead oh, of Danger. look at you go. <laughs> Woohoo! Which is good, because my Superior is much better than my Danger. Um, okay, so that is going to be uh, a 9 on that one. Okay, so a 9, uh, you get to pick one. 
Uh, you either resist or avoid their blows. You take something from them. You create an opportunity for your allies, or you impress surprise or even frighten the opposition. Um... Let's create an opportunity for my allies. I want to I want to okay. distract this guy long enough for for um, you know, other people to move in and, and do what they need to do. Gotcha. So, as far as you know, your ally is Crow and then mysterious Earthshaker TM. Yes. <laughs> she's I, I think for like for a second she's like, "Uh," and then it's just like, "Nope, no time to think about it. Let's go." I also imagine it's one of those, like, the earth shakes and moves, and you're like, looks at Crow. No, that's, he would be dressed differently if that was his power. Uh, and then, like, you begin to help out that way. So, yes, you are in the process of making an opportunity for your ally, in which case, Crow, an opportunity has just provoked itself. Uh, at this point, uh, now that the fiery demon is, like, dispersed inside of the lake, your crows come by and they bring you a bucket uh, that they have like scooped by in the lake as well uh, and are like, where do you need us? Like, what do you need us, boss? Like, we'll, we'll douse whoever you need us to. Uh, Crow, like, gives them a nod and takes the bucket and seeing this opportunity create itself, runs over and, well this cultist is off balance, just absolutely decks the dude in the head with the waterfall bucket. Oh yeah. No, and it's like, it's one of those tin buckets. Like it's not a plastic bucket at all. So roll to directly engage with a threat. Uh, so is it a plus one from the uh, opportunity? Uh, plus one, I believe so. It says create an opportunity. Do do. Let me check. So creating an opportunity. Um, do do do. Yeah, you give your teammate a boost. Yeah, it says to gain some kind of advantage. I'd say that that would be a plus one. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I hit eight then. <laughs> okay, so an eight. Uh, so you also get uh, to resist or avoid their blows. You take something from them. Are you also creating an opportunity for your ally? Or are you trying to impress, surprise, or frighten them? Because I will, I will let you know, he would definitely be surprised if you just clocked him in the head with a bucket. Yeah, so I guess I'm, I'm trying to surprise slash frighten, like, the rest of them. Okay. Uh, you know, we weren't intimidated at all. We directly engaged. There are still about six cultists that uh, don't seem phased by this at all. Um... And as you are, like, laying into one, you see one of the other cultists, like, begins making his way over towards you as well. 
and they bring their both their hands up onto this anvil that they have around their neck around their neck and then as they pull their hands away both of their hands are just on fire as they do so and you see them rear back and they actually go to unleash a fiery blast out towards aurora as you are the biggest brightest thing here that is not actually on fire yet so they are going to be making an attack towards you but i believe cody uh you had a uh you had a little something to say about when somebody wanted to make an attack towards uh especially somebody that you revere so highly yeah the uh i have the uh when it matters move and i also have defender so yeah if they go to launch fire uh cody will like shake his arm down and he just bamps into uh gold gold shining light armor and he'll he'll go to defend and like totally shield shield aurora from the flames Yay! <laughs> so aurora you like created this opportunity crow ran up this dude dressed as dressed as a crow ran up bucketed this dude in the head and you're like this is not exactly what my fan club was asking for on this one. And then you see this dude create, like, turn his hands on fire, goes to throw a fiery bolt at you. And, uh, Cody, you just, like, ran in front of it, or did you just, like, appear stalwart? Just just appeared, like, like, like right here, you know, uh, Aurora's behind the shield, and he's bracing the shield against the flames, but it's all, like, gold armor with, like, light coming out of this the, dude, out of the eyes, sockets, and stuff. This guy just shows up, Aurora, and he looks like a, like, you just copy and pasted a section of your early, like, of your history book from class. <laughs> And just fucking, like, windmill slammed him directly in front of you. And normally, it wouldn't be that impressive. But he just appeared out of nowhere. He's glowing, not as bright as you. Which is fine. He's still glowing, but not as bright as you. And that's the part that counts. But he has just, like, defended you from this fiery blast that was making its way towards you. Now, for the defense, for Defender, uh, do you still take the brunt of the attack from this fire? That I don't know. So what does what does your Defender skill say? Uh, I just, I roll versus Danger instead of Savior to defend the person. Gotcha. So if that is the case, you would be, I believe, yeah, defending someone. So... You would need to roll plus, you said you roll not for savior. Uh, yeah, I roll danger. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, unfortunately, that's a six. Okay, so a six is considered a failure. So yes. for this failure, since you have failed in defending someone. We can mark potential. You, get, you do get to mark potential. However, there is another thing that ends up happening. Which is, you take a powerful blow. All right. That's, that's, so, that's my job. Um, roll plus conditions marked. I don't believe you have any conditions on nope. you currently. Oh my god. I need new dice. What the uh, roll? Three. A three. Low is good for this one. So, Low is good. Oh, oh good, so, good. Woo. On oh. a 10 plus, you remove yourself from the situation. Very bad. On a seven to nine... 
Uh, you struggle past the pain, you mark some conditions, you lash out verbally at your friends, that sort of thing. Also bad. However, on the three that you rolled, you stand strong, you mark your potential as normal, and you say how you weather your blow. Oh, awesome. Uh, yeah, so again, he puts that shield up, and it just, the fire leaps around, and he, uh, he, you know, even puts his arm and, and head in front where the fire's coming over the top of it. And uh, he says, and it and it's it's like a booming hero voice that comes out. And he's like, uh, never fear, Bulatar is here. And, and as it comes out of his mouth, he kind of goes, <sighs> he sighs inwardly, but not outwardly. Like, Okay, I tried. Um, <laughs> As you say, you're like, mm, I know that's not the right name. <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. So yeah, but that's what it, he, he he gets the hammer. And, I mean, it literally singes him or whatnot. But uh, but he takes the okay. takes the hit. Sounds good. So the cult has now seen the thing that they are looking for reveal itself. Uh, and you see now that there are two directly on you, and there are still four other cultists that are uh, that have not gone yet. And you see that two of them begin to swing their hammers, and as they do, the hammers actually ignite, and they are going to hurl them towards your group. Um, so, uh, Bolitar, a.k.a. Cody... Uh, you are, uh, would you like to defend anybody during this as the first, uh, as the first flaming hammer soars, uh, soars towards you looking like it is once again, heading towards Aurora. Yeah, I will, uh, I'll continue the, the, the defense there. Okay. So roll go ahead and attack. roll. All right. Come on dice. You will be retired to dice jail. No, you won't. Okay, so uh, 9, 10, 11, 12. That is 12. successfully defend. Uh, so yeah, that first hammer just dink, dink, and like goes off. The second hammer actually sails past you. Crow, uh, this hammer is gunning directly towards you. Um, so with that, you do not have anybody directly defending you. So I am going to need you, I believe, to take a powerful blow. Can I instead... uh, Try to unleash my powers to leap directly up and over this... uh, hammer flying at me yes that sounds awesome right cool 13 13 that is a success so this hammer actually goes uh like it looks like it is going to aim true and then just like the lines of where you were are there but it is just that quick like anime hop you are now up in the trees uh like perching up as uh, this hammer just sails past you. And it looks like it actually strikes a tree behind you as well. Uh, And you can see, like, some of the bark actually, like, explodes off. This hammer was a one-way sending ticket. It was not meant to leave itself behind. Um, 
and some of that debris is actually uh, starting to smolder as well. Uh, has been outside of the rainy season in Everett Heights for a while, so things are pretty dry around here. Um, but Luciana, people have fucking hands on fire and are throwing hammers and asking for vessels, and there was a fucking elemental that was here a second ago. You're stoned. This is bullshit. What are you doing? I'm too stoned for this shit. Um, I like to think as she watches everybody else uh, kind of um, do their thing, she uh, she'll do, use a little bit of her geomancy and kind of like create uh, a little stone face mask that she can still see out of, uh, but to kind of like cover herself a little bit uh in case anything because apparently aurora's a big thing and there was a guy with a camera at some point she doesn't want to be seen um but she knows she has to get into this fight uh so uh she's gonna cover part of her face um and so there's the guys hurling the hammers yes and, there were two uh, hammer throwers. Okay. Then there was hammer one dude throws. with his hands on fire, another dude okay. with blade hands, and then two of the other ones have not acted yet. They seem like they were in the back getting ready to do stuff, but I didn't want all of them to go, and then you not have gone. So, uh, uh, mm, uh, can she? The guys with the with the flaming hammers, can she try to encapsulate them in some sort of oh, way? Yeah. Can I just stop them? Uh, yeah, just kind of like Earth Prison. Yeah, you can definitely uh, Earth Dome these guys. Earth Dome these guys. Uh, I'm going to use my uh, dice that uh, Jen made me. <gasps> Uh, okay, uh, that if it, it's a leash by power, that's plus freak, right? Yes. Uh, so that's four plus three plus. Sorry, I'm bad at math. Uh, four plus three that's seven plus one that's eight. Okay, so with an eight, that is not a true success, but, 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 that just means that we get to have some fun. So, you get to mark a condition. Or the GM will tell you how the effect is unstable and or temporary. So I would say that you are, you have to create this stone mask and Mm -hmm. you also have to do geomancy to create other things. And normally Mm -hmm. you don't make solid structures Mm -hmm. that stay, especially like attached on your face. Mm Mm-hmm. I would think that this might be possibly afraid, not of the enemies themselves, but afraid of somebody finding out who you are. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I would say mark the afraid condition. I'm down with that. I love that. Uh, okay. They can't know your secret. They can't know my secret. Uh, okay. Uh, I will mark that. Um, okay. So did I, that she's, was she still able to, uh, get these guys? But I have a condition now, right? Or Yeah, it so like... it's either, it's either mark a condition or alternatively, this thing that you are trying to do is temporary or unstable. So okay. if you're choosing to mark a condition, 
your plan should go off without a hit. Okay. Yeah. So you're still able to like encapsulate them, but yeah. now you are focusing on three different things. You have your mask yeah. and then you have these two domes. Yeah. So she she's going to come out partly with a mask. Uh, but I think as she creates this stone structure with one hand, like she raises them up and encapsulates them, the other one's kind of going to her own face. Is like, like the the lower part like breaking off, so you can yeah. see like you can see your like yeah the cow the Batman cowl how it covers his whole face except for the fucking mouthpiece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because she's not uh, she's not used to uh, having two structures more than. Uh, two different structures at the same time so this one's crumbling she's trying to like cover it up uh but she uh is able to <laughs> uh do this and she comes out you, you guys would see her coming out because she comes into the fight yeah i i think at this turn of events with this sudden like gladding type guy coming to her defense and then this Stone the face. Stoned woman. <laughs> the stoned person uh, coming out. I, I think she's just going to be like, these guys weren't on the brief for this event. <laughs> it was just like going to be very just like, Dimitri, what are you up to? <laughs> you sly fox, you. And he's like passed out, foaming at the mouth from sheer terror. All right. So... Then there are the two who haven't gone yet, and they are going to, uh, you see that, like, these two, like, seeing that the situation has changed, they are actually going to try and flee the scenario. They don't want anything to do with this. Oh, thank you, GGK, for the raid! So... Uh, they are going to try and make their ways away. Um, but as they are actually escaping, they are also going to cause their hands to light on fire. And they are going to actually set this part of Midgrove Industrial Forest ablaze as they are leaving to try and create a uh, something else for you to focus on while they make their ne'er-do-well escaping. Um, so there is now... Two dudes that are encased in stone. There is um, the guy with the blade hands, the guy with fire hands, and then there is a slight blaze that is happening in this forest as well. So uh, it's been a while since we heard from Cody. Cody, what would you like to do? So you got flame hands nearby. You got blade hand nearby. Uh, and then you know that there are some like dudes caught inside of the this earthen grasp. And a new a new <laughs> fighter has entered the arena of Stoneface Killer. Uh, just like showing up out of the darkness, like oh fuck, like trying to like keep their stone mask on, even though it's like slightly crumbling. I, I and the the whole tough. Co column coming out of the ground and punching the the uh elemental away that really kind of rattled cody too because yeah. until until they like attacked aurora he was like i can't show myself i can't reveal my powers so uh he definitely i guess at this point will look at blade hand and uh just kind of like you know tuck the shield and just like 
like burst of speed, like almost like shock wise, just smash into him, like like try to knock him. Okay. Flying. Yeah. Uh, so. I would say unleash your power. Right. And I am not in defense now, so you're in face up attack position. Uh huh. And I so I have to roll with freak instead. So that is oh a uh, ten. Okay. Uh, so when you wanted to like bash this guy away, were you wanting to like Team Rocket's blasting off again, like send him up and out of the park, or are you planning on just like fucking like jamming him and then he just goes until he reaches a natural stopping point? You catapulted a person. Basically, I wanted to throw him into the steaming part of the lake. Okay, yeah. Like um, where the elemental is sizzling and bubbling. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. wanted to like smash him up into, into that. So I would say you smash him like with that incredible burst of speed. And there's like a little bit of lightning that comes off of you as well when you do this. Just to like, I've been watching a lot of the flash at work. So whenever <laughs> like anything happens really fast, you got to have some lightning to really I, like okay. The air just, you yeah, know, compresses. That's, that's the, like, salt on the steak is the lightning on the speedster. So okay. you go and, like, you bash this guy, and you watch this cultist just, like, whip out. And as they hit the water, you actually skip this cultist. Like, about three <laughs> solid skips before they just finish their dunk. Um, and, Cody, I would say that as you do... Um, you see that where they were standing, where you have hit them, something has fallen from their personage. And it looks like a tiny little ingot of gold. Uh, Cody notes it, but he's too freaked out to, yeah, to no, like grab sure. it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's like, it's a trap. You know, it's, it's totally like, it's a trap. Um, so, um, so yeah, he doesn't touch that gold ingot at all. He okay. just let his stands over it. Sounds good. So, uh, yes, you have skipped this cultist across the lake. He is no longer, uh, an immediate threat. He is currently, uh, cooling out inside of the lake. Uh, crow. There is uh, now flame hands and then two guys encased in earth. Aurora is still here. There are s several civilians uh, that are here as well. Uh, Dimitri, the cameraman, and then uh, the small cluster of Aurora's followers who have just like, this is the greatest. We're in the splash zone. Like they are like, they think that this is all part of the act. They are having a blast. Aurora must be teaming up with these new people. Like, they are, like, completely enamored with this. What is Crow doing? Uh, Although the forest being on fire is not exactly something that was on the schedule either. How on fire is the forest? Not super on fire. Uh, it was uh, the two that were making their getaway, lit their hands on fire, burning hands up into the trees. So, like, it is the start of a forest fire. You know that it could get out of hand, and this entire park area of the inner city would probably catch. And that would also be bad for, like, neighboring businesses, the hot dog cart that you like going to on your bike yeah. sometimes. Like, yeah. Uh, is it bucket of water solvable size? You would probably need quite a few buckets of water or a sizable hose. Okay, then first, he doesn't think they'll actually do it, but Crow yells over at the crowd of fans like, 
Someone needs to call the fire department. And then he throws the bucket of water on the dude with fire hands in front of him. Okay. Uh, so if you are yelling at everyone uh, that they need to call the fire department, uh, I would say that this would probably be considered provoking somebody. Mm. No, I'd say that it's fine. They're mundanes. Like, you're not trying to do anything, like, out of the ordinary. You're literally telling them, this is not part of the act. Call the fire department. Uh, roll a d6. Just one. Five. Okay, a five? Yeah. Uh, I would say that uh, someone there, like, calls the fire department or maybe was, like, already, like, hey, like, there was a thing that happened downtown. There's fire going on in uh, in the MIF, the MIF, the, the Midgrove Industrial Forest. And obviously the fire department knows what the MIF is. Uh, and so they kind of give their general like, oh, we're by uh, this street exit. Please come as soon as you can. Uh, so, uh, yes, they they have talked to the fire department uh, and already off in the distance, you are beginning to hear sirens. Uh, but the smoke is actually pretty strong at this point. If it wasn't so dangerous, it might smell nice. Okay, so that is what Crow is up to. Uh, Cody, you have just skipped a cultist across the river. Aurora, what are you doing? Uh, so there is still a guy with blade hands who's just been like, he's got his bell rung again uh, <laughs> by, by your friend holding a bucket. Yeah, I think um, Aurora is going to take this opportunity now that there are other players on the field uh, to assess the situation to see, um, you know, what she might be able to use to her advantage. Okay. She, Aurora is not a meta human. It, no. If that has not come across, she is not a meta human. She is just a person with a a flashlight and some some fighting prowess and some stage presence so she she needs to think quick on her feet <laughs> okay so so yeah roll to assess the situation big money no whammies um okay so that is going to be an eight okay an eight uh so yeah you get to uh you get plus one while acting on the answers uh so what here can i use to blank what here is the biggest threat what here is the greatest danger most uh who is most vulnerable or how could we best end this quickly that one how can we best end this quickly uh how can you best end this quickly um fire department has already been contacted mm -hmm. um there is a spartan man uh like a gladiator dude who just showed up out of nowhere um you know or at least your guess anyways would be that the e the quickest way that you could end this is going to be getting your audience to grab Dimitri, to grab the cameraman. You grab the camera, and y'all just fucking like this situation looks looks like it's handled at this point. So if you want to start like playing on the back end of like getting everyone ready to rush out when you can, that's a pretty good time. 
Okay, yeah, she's definitely gonna play the face part in this and, and definitely do the whole like focus on the crowd and she'll be Just like here for their safety. Yeah, it's like everyone, uh you know, uh grab whoever whoever's passed out and uh follow me this way. Come on, let's go. And we'll, you know, definitely try to uh, you know, crowd control safety. Okay. So yeah, you are going to crowd control safety uh, and you are able to do that because you were able to successfully assess the situation. Uh, it is now um, Blade Hand's turn. Crow, you are still there. They're going to try and attack towards Yi. So I need you to roll for take a powerful blow. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Uh, four. Oof, okay, a four. They, You stand strong. Because again, we want to roll low on take a powerful blow. So Blade Hand goes to like try and strike out towards you. What does it look like when Crow dodges out of the way? Uh, Crow just does uh, a classic Matrix and like leans almost impossibly far back to to dodge the blade and then like dips out of the way. Okay. Sounds good. So that was Blade Hands attempt. Fire Hands is currently in the lake, no longer uh in this stage of combat as well. Uh Caleb, I would say or uh Crow cuz you are not just your mild-mannered Caleb. He's at home doing homework like a nerd. Uh, I would say that as you Matrix style lean all the way back, you also see that small gold ingot. Uh. Hmm. I think he notes it for a moment, but he is more focused on the fact that he wants to call out to one of his crows to dump the camera in the lake so no no <laughs> so for that that would be under i would say that would be the equivalent of directly engaging because aurora currently has the camera with her okay she has already picked it up I, I was hoping, you know, maybe we hadn't explicitly said it yet and I could still snatch it before, but you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna harass you with a crow to get the camera. I was just, you know, hoping to conveniently dispose of me on tape, possibly. And this whole thing. <laughs> uh, uh -huh, baby, you're in the star presence now. <laughs> yeah, I think instead uh then Crow will note it and he will uh, like carefully poke it real quick to make sure it doesn't like immediately pop and then no. like pick it up with his gloved hand. Yeah. And as you pick it up with your gloved hand, it almost looks like a seed. It's a strange golden seed. Yeah, it doesn't explode or burst into flames or do anything nefarious. It is just an item. Uh, so, uh, Aftershock, 
Uh, Blade Hand Man seemed to miss. You still got your two guys that are, like, stuck inside of uh, these... Um, stuck inside of these earthen chambers. There is a little bit of a fire that has started in uh, the treetops around here. Uh, what would you like to do? You are muted. I realized that. I'm assuming she would also hear the sirens. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, Aurora has the camera. She hears sirens. People are leaving. Some of these people are leaving, and some of the cultists are leaving as well. Yeah, and the cultists, the two that were here that set the fire, mm -hmm. they are like several minutes of running away from you yeah. at this point. Uh, she is actually going to just leave these people in this like earthen grasp, uh, and she's gonna book it. Okay. <laughs> there are too many people coming into this area right now. The police can handle these two cultists. The the, the fire department's coming and um gonna take care of the fire. She already punted a fire demon into a lake. She's done her job. Okay. <laughs> So she's just gonna like go out. She's actually gonna run, but like almost hiding again, like how she came in, but in the same direction as Aurora. Kind of keep an eye on her. Okay, so you're also like into into the wooded area, uh, but mm -hmm. just more like running, not necessarily mm -hmm. like alongside Aurora, uh, but at least relatively near yeah. enough that like if. If notable figures show up, they will notice the star before they notice the exactly. the, the punker who's just like hanging out in the woods. Exactly. Um, yeah. Totally normal. Cody, you are still glowing and glorious and covered in armor. There are there is one dude with a knife hand. You are standing side by side with a dude dressed up as a crow. Or some kind of carry-on creature. What What is Cody's plan? And you can also hear um, sirens coming in the back. Yeah, I know. And he's and now he he just now thought of the uh, the whole thing about being on camera, but it, he couldn't not defend. You know, it, it just it he had to make it happen. Um, but he doesn't have time to like worry about that. And in that uh, that booming uh, hero voice, he'll say uh, something like, um, "The uh, two to one hardly seems fair." And he'll like he'll like crunch down with like his shield and, and like like being a base, so Crow can like step off and like you know power punch this guy or something. He wants to assist Crow in taking this guy out. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'd say um, you definitely have the opportunity to assist. Uh, so Crow, you are being assisted uh, as as Bulator, uh, as he has described himself in this situation, has lowered his shield and is looking like, like gives you the, like, the glowing eyes through the helmet of jump on it. It'll be cool. <laughs> yep, exactly. And he, he actually said that booming voice part, like, you know, 
two to one, I think, you know, we'll give, give you a, 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 an opportunity or a chance. Uh, yeah, Crow looks at you for a moment and you can't read anything in his eyes, but there's a like look of slight panic on his face. Uh, and he like then like calms himself and like yeah takes a take a takes a, a step back so that he can get a little bit of a start bounces off the shield and doesn't have much of a plan in midair so he just kind of <laughs> throws out his elbow and hopes to land on this person all right knock him into the ground yeah uh do it that is going to be directly engaging with a threat uh 10 oh hey man on a 10 plus you pick two uh so uh you can surprise frighten the opponent you can uh create an opportunity for your allies take something from your opponent or resist and avoid their blows so you get two Uh, out of that list hmm i think i would a like to frighten the opposition okay uh and then I would like to quickly frisk this man's pockets while I am on top of him. Yeah. And uh, see if I can find a similar gold piece. You do, actually. Uh, it seems like they also carry with them one of these golden seeds. Uh, and you make sure to just quickly snag that as they're like reeling back from just having gotten elbowed in the dome. Like it was one of those, like you hit them right at the top. It's the hard spot on the head, but like elbows are pretty fucking sturdy, especially when you are like coming down with, with the force. Um, so they sort of like stagger back. Uh, and then seeing that, uh, their other two companions, are currently still uh, still encased in Earth. There are sirens coming, and they will look towards the two of you, and then just, like, they kind of just, like, throw the... Uh, like, they'll, like, throw their blade hand towards you, but more as, like, a distracting thing as they attempt to flee. Uh, and they are just also going to try and run as fast as they can out of the situation that they have found themselves in before authorities come. Uh, is there anything that uh, you would like to do, Cody, as they are trying to run away? Who? Um... Yeah, can I can I attempt a Captain America? Like wing the shield and like bunk bunk, you know. Oh yeah. Ring it off one's head into the other's sure. head. Yeah. Alright. Uh, Thirteen. Thirteen? <laughs> yeah, you do it. Uh and like it gets them in the back of the head and they just like fall face down onto the ground. Um the fire is getting to be a bit much. Uh do you and Crow leave together? Or are you leaving just like thumbs up to each other and then part ways in the night? <laughs> I, I I look at him and, and the booming voice comes out. I don't know what to do about the fire. I can't punch it. <laughs> it just, he's got nothing. To, you know. That's why we called the fire department. Uh, I don't really want to be seen here. So see ya. 
And he scrambles off. Good day to you. And, and, it's and, Cody, and Cody <laughs> basically bails too. All right. Yeah, he, yells, he yells, as you say, good day to you. He yells, it's Crow back over his shoulder. Okay. Okay. So uh, as all of our heroes depart no longer in the same fighting group that they once were to take on this rather insidious cult, I think that's where we're going to call it for tonight's session. So I'd like to say thank you to everybody who decided to stop by and join us for this wonderful game of Masks the Green Sun. Uh, this campaign is probably going to be like 10 sessions. That's what kind of what I'm aiming for. So uh, you can look forward to this being more of like a mini series on the channel. Hopefully you'll enjoy what you end up seeing here. I know I always do, but of course I enjoy everybody on this channel. Hey, Kylan, where can we find you? What do you do? Everyone. I'm Kylan, otherwise known as Kyle with an N on Twitter and Twitch. Uh, on Tuesday nights, 6 p.m. EST, you can see me streaming on my Twitch channel. I uh, do some video game Let's Plays. Right now, I'm running through Fire Emblem Three Houses uh, and having just a grand old time. Uh, in terms of stuff that I do, um, on the occasional Wednesday, you can catch me over on twitch.tv slash playbooksandpals. Uh, also playing Mass, where I play a completely different character. I play Theo, aka Prometheus the Nova, who is just a sweet, a sweet boy, just a sweet, sweet boy. Um, you can also catch me on a couple of podcasts. Like, for example, I am on Off the Table's Cape Lorelei, which is an Urban Shadows actual play podcast where I, I play a a very bitchy fae. <laughs> I'm also in some crossover episodes with East Cedo Beach, the sister show. So hey, maybe listen to both. You can also catch me in a podcast with a friend and channel regular, Cyberwolf1201, called Let's Let's Talk About It. It's a podcast where we get just super drunk and we talk about the games we play in and other things. Um, and you can find that on youtube or anchor.fm and for the other podcasts i mentioned are on spotify um itunes and um yeah that's me excellent and gb where can we find you what do you do Graybeard, Graybeard's Tavern. My streaming uh, life has uh, uh, needed to pull back, but you can find me here once a month running Monster Noir, a uh, game we wrote and just played last night. Uh, obviously, Thursdays here playing Mask, and then Sunday mornings, Sunday, 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 10 a.m. on my own channel where I get to play with all my, my toys. We're playing Griftlands right now. Um, and uh, that's a variety stream. And then Tuesday afternoons for an hour, hour and a half, we do old timer happy hour where me and Lantern Noir betwixt us, we've got pretty much 80 years of gaming experience. Uh, and so we chat about uh, our TTRPGs mostly. Uh, you can check us out there, and we are on Anchor FM because it goes podcast, and Lantern Noir puts it out on YouTube. Check us out there. That's it for me, GB. Awesome. And Satan, where can we find you? What do you do? Hi, everyone. My name's Satan. You can find me on Twitter, at Alyssa Vamp, uh, and also here on Twitch, Alyssa Vamp, where I stream art. I've been getting back into my regular art schedule where you can come and see me try and do art, and we chat about things, and listen to some chill music. Uh, you can also find me 
playing more games here on Ender Adventures. I play this game on Thursday now with these wonderful people. Once a month, I play here on Wednesdays uh, our Monster Noir uh, game. And Sunday nights at 10 p.m. EST, you can find me playing uh, Rhyme of the Frostmaiden as well. Um, on other other channels, you can find me Saturdays at 4.30 uh, p.m. EST on Valdrian's channel playing Dragon Age. And at 8 uh, p.m. EST on Plot Hunters uh, playing D&D. And Sunday uh, mornings at 10 a.m. EST, you can find me over at the Hype Goblin, uh, where I DM uh, a show called Nexus Adventures, where I DM my friends through my homebrew world, and we loosely play D&D. We kind of uh, make up the rules sometimes and change them to to uh, whatever we want, because it's fun. Uh, but yeah, anything else, if you follow me on Twitter, I'll post art, I'll post when I go live, I'll post all the things. Uh, follow me there if you want to know more. Excellent. And Reeves, where can we find you? What do you do? Hey, everybody. What's up? It's your boy, Reeves. Uh, you can find me at both Twitch and Twitter at Reeves underscore bot. Uh, my Twitch presence mostly is just my Sunday show, the Super Sultan Brothers Super Sunday show, where I uh, mostly play variety video games with my buddy Tom Bet or, or whoever else I can get to hang out uh, on Sundays from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, yeah, that's me. Excellent. And if you've made it this far, you probably already know who I am. But if you don't, hey, Acorns, what's up? It's me, your buddy, your pal, your friend, the Indoor Adventurer, the showrunner here at twitch.tv slash Indoor Adventures. We do shows like this on Monday and Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, as well as on Sundays at 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If this is your first time joining us, you can go to youtube.com slash Indoor Adventures to check up on all of the VODs of each of the games that we have played up until this point, or you can go towards where Anywhere audio casts are made available for free. You can find us there under the same moniker. But for now, we are going to be going into our Patreon-supported after-show called Nights in the Courtyard, where we answer questions not only from each other, but also from the community. So if you have any questions for myself or any of these other fine folk about the decisions that we made during the game, about what it's like to run masks with absolutely no prior experience running anything powered by the apocalypse, hey, guess what? Nights in the Courtyard is an excellent place to get those questions answered, and we will do our best to respond in kind. But for now, I would like to say thank you to everybody who decided to stop by and join us. Thank you to these wonderful players for putting up with my bullshit once again this week. And we'll see all of you guys next time. All right, everybody. Bye-bye!